This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, as always, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Well, I guess not as always, because we've been out for the past couple of days. Uh, we were at the Talkers New Media Seminar, and there were, I guess, at least, there was at least one thing worth highlighting, I think, that happened at Talkers. We'll talk about that here in a, in a moment. Uh, but we are back, and we'll take your calls about anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. For those of you that might be new to the program, when we say we'll take calls about anything, we absolutely mean it so you're welcome to give it a shot 800-259-9231 let's go first to the amp lines where johnson is on the line in connecticut johnson you're on free talk live hey and um i just wanted to call in with a little bit of an update uh it may or may not be something that has happened intentionally on the part of bureaucrats <laughs> this, um, this is so funny and you're right it, it could totally be a coincidence but nonetheless it's it, it's worth it could, mentioning i really don't think that it is a coincidence i mean i'm Ninety-five percent sure that what, it's not. Before you get but, to it, why don't you recap uh, the events of last week? Well, last week, uh, I guess Lee Doran, the new uh, crasher in chief appointed by uh, the Competitive Enterprise Institute, um, called in to the show, and you guys were able to interview him in regards to the fact that there were a lot of rumors and talk going around about how unprincipled and anti-freedom Lee actually is. And so you guys got the opportunity to interview him and have him prove it. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they were really rumors. Anybody that actually went and read what this guy wrote over at Bureaucrash... Or seen some of his YouTube videos. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, this guy's clearly not a liberty-minded person. Uh, he claims on uh, on its on his face to be liberty-minded, uh, but then goes and essentially speaks against liberty when he actually opens his mouth in, in many instances. Sure, he's with us on things like the war on drugs, and that's great. Uh, but, but the problem with Lee Doran is that he's leading an organization now that is at one or was at one point really a principled pro-liberty organization, an organization that understood at its core that uh, that allowing others to be free is the core requisite to being free oneself. And they had a very uh, there's a manifesto on their YouTube channel, yeah. Bureaucrat Manifesto, that is very obviously a an anarcho-capitalist or voluntarist uh, free market kind of manifesto. Uh, and now they've got this lawyer who is in charge of the organization who's clearly not uh, anything but just a kind of run-of-the-mill uh, conservative that might lean in our direction on a few issues. I mean, the guy's a minarchist at best, and I think at worst, uh, and it's somebody who's actually infiltrating the bureaucratic organization for the purposes of watering it down and making it uh, in, in an, yet another ineffective Washington, D.C.-based lobbying group. That's which, not the impression I get. Which bureaucrats, that's totally the impression I've gotten, the, which the, bureaucrats the, the, is not supposed to be. I, I I just I'm saying that's at worst. But what is the what is the right, case? And I'm Mark? saying that I'm I don't get the impression that the at worst scenario that you gave is what's going on. But the worst know, thing will you happen. You probably want to go have babies with Bob Barr, so... You know. well, the, but the worst thing that will happen, regardless of what the truth is behind Doran's intentions, the worst thing is that this great organization that for years many of our listeners and other activists around the country and around the world have worked toward building, uh, this organization that was dedicated to crashing bureaucracy has essentially been co-opted, and it will result in them watering down their message and not doing anything to crash bureaus, but instead maybe just lobby some government people in Washington D.C., they've uh, effectively neutered the in, the entire organization. 
So as a result of that, uh, last week I promised I was going to leave Bureaucrash if they didn't remove this right. uh, this particular I person. Think is, I think that's particularly important because what I thought was interesting is that you had said, you know, I'm going to withdraw my support and, you know, obviously the support of Free Talk Live um, as of Monday. And, that, you know, that's today. And what I thought was particularly interesting about that is, I thought, oh, well, that's kind of cool because I think a lot of people will wait until Monday to see if anything happens and that it would really send a message if a lot of people left simultaneously. Sure, I think so. And, and you know, I also thought it would be also interesting to uh, have that message go out and show other people who are really principled, hey, look, there's so many other people who are have, have these principles, not just – you know, they're not just minarchists, but they hold all these principles deeply. And you know? those of us who love liberty, who really understand what freedom is, and I think everybody should come to understand it. But for those of us that do, we I think many of us want to have a place to go to where we don't have to constantly be struggling with the minarchists for control of, right. the, of the organization. And that was one of the problems with uh, with bureaucrats is they weren't really an organization that was necessarily started, uh, I mean, for lack of a better term, at a grassroots kind of level by the individuals that would have liked to have seen it remain a certain way. Uh, so because they were owned by CEI as a parent company, they were always subject to the whims of those people at, at CEI. So I think it would be best if we had something new that uh, liberty-minded people could go to to essentially do the same thing that Bureaucrash was doing. Bureaucrash was bringing activists together, reaching out to young people, and doing a pretty effective job of it. And I think that if people like Jason and, and Pete from the Motorhome Diaries, uh, who were the former crashers-in-chief at Bureaucrash, uh, I know that they've gotten behind a few different websites, and we talked to them about that. Free agents, fr33agents.net is one of them, and uh, anarch.me is, an, is another one. So I don't know if anything has really been selected yet or if one is better than another. I'm, I'm still not really sure about all that, but I do yeah. know that I said I would leave Bureaucrash today if they didn't replace this guy as their head and i'm sure there are others who were i know some people said let's wait a month uh if, if they want to wait a month that's fine as far as i'm concerned bureaucrat has already gotten a message and cic or not cic but uh, cei has already gotten a message because i emailed them last week and i know that i wasn't the only one emailing i know they got a bunch of emails from people last week expressing right. their concern and so as far as i'm concerned a week should be more than <laughs> enough time to get a clue for what the marketplace especially is in telling the internet you world. Hmm? especially in the internet world yeah you know a week is a very long time well what i thought would be interesting today was to take a lot of the work out of it for people who did want to uh leave today so i posted an update to the Facebook group, which goes out to a little over a thousand people. Which, by the way, we uh, we want to invite you to join if you are if you're on Facebook, and it seems like almost everybody is. It's on the internet. Uh, if you're on Facebook, go to facebook.freetalklive.com. It'll take you right to the Facebook group. You can become a fan uh, there, and then you can you'll see these updates. So what I did is I sent out an update today, and I wanted to get um, you know just to take some of the work out of it for people. So I posted. The link that takes people directly to their own profile page to allow them to have one click to leave if they wanted to do so. Yeah, and, I think it's a know, couple of clicks, but it definitely gets you pretty close. Well, you, I mean, once you're there, I mean, you click the link from the Facebook page, and then it's one click to leave. Right. Um, essentially, what I wanted to, you know, to do is to provide, make it very easy for people if they wanted to leave, and also I... Uh, had provided an option for that anarch.me, which was started by Jason. Um, so I thought that that would be, you know, a good 
alternative. If that, that way, at least there's a place for people to go if they needed to get news about what's going on mm-hmm. in the near future. Um, but <laughs> I also, you know, like I said earlier, I think it would be good to seek sort of this mass movement of people. I liked that idea. And, wow, could they have not done me a larger favor if, if uh, they did this intentionally? Um, they decided to make it – Beer Crash uh, decided to set their uh, Beer Crash social site, which is a subsite of a larger website called Ning, which allows people to make their own social network sites. Right. And, and that's what we had quit. We'd quit the Beer Crash social site because there are right. a, th- a few thousand people on there that have accounts, and they've been participating in their groups. And it was a great website until they put this new guy in charge of it. And so that that's what I left this afternoon. So I don't know. Was it around 4.30 or 5 or something like that when we – Right around you know? there is when I sent out, out the update. And what happened was is I guess within an hour of my sending out that update, I think it's within an hour. They have set that bureaucrat social site into a maintenance mode, so now no one can leave. <laughs> They're essentially trying to force people into staying. They're trying to enslave people into staying on their little bureaucrat social network and hoping that you'll forget that your membership was there and that you you'll just let it peter out, maybe. And, right, and right. You, Instead you know, of it's, and, well, no, you, your membership's not going to peter out if you don't erase it. It's going to stay, and their their membership numbers are going to stay inflated. But because they've right. taken their website and Put it in maintenance mode. If you want to go to Bureaucrash Social right now and remove your uh, remove your account, you can't do it. So right. you may, maybe they're, maybe you're right. Maybe they're going to put it up several days later and hope everybody just forgets about it. And that way they can keep their membership well, numbers up. It's I amazing. Think succeeded in making a lot of angry people. Ha- hang on, Johnson. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can, again, take control of the airwaves. And you can uh, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com features including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. See what I mean at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And be sure you join us at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's coming up later this month from the 25th through the 28th in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. You can go to porkfest.com. That's porkfest with a C, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com to get registered, learn more about what's going to be happening there. It's going to be a great time. Liberty-minded people from all over the place, even some of the minarchists, are going to be showing up. In fact, probably mostly minarchists because... Believe it or not, most of the people in the uh, the Free State Project organization, I would say, qualify in that way. Uh, but nonetheless, it's going to be a great time at the uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival for this year. We're going to be broadcasting live, and I highly recommend that you come out there because it's great to be surrounded by people that are of a like mindset. And it'll be kind of a camping, fun uh, family atmosphere. Lots of families are going to be there, and uh, lots of single people too. So come on out to the Porkfest. P R C F E S T dot com. Uh, so let's continue here with Johnson on the line in Connecticut. Johnson, we are talking about the bureaucrash organization and how it is in the process of crashing and burning, and apparently they just want to make things worse for themselves. 
when <laughs> and and again this could be a total coincidence but basically last week uh bureaucrash appointed a new crasher in chief this guy is not a principled uh, pro-liberty person. He is an advocate of, uh, of coercion, and he is not apologetic even for his advoca- uh, advocation of, of coercion. So after interviewing him... You know, this, the principled thing is really misleading, Ian. I understand the principle you're talking about is liberty. However... Right, not aggressing against one's neighbors. Right, that's, that's the principle. That's the idea the, is if you want to live free, you have to understand that you can't aggress against your neighbors. Right, but you're assuming that's the only principle in the planet when you say that he's a principled, uh, you know, liberty type individual Thanks or whatever it is from, that you're From saying. a liberty perspective. From a liberty well, state... Yeah, from, from a liberty perspective, Mark, that's pretty much the only principle in regards to the word liberty. Right. Uh, yeah, if I didn't clarify that, I appreciate you jumping in to, to do that. So this guy was appointed. We made the point on this show after interviewing him and confirming that he does not indeed have any lo- real love for liberty that I could tell. Uh, confirming that, I said, well, I'm going to be withdrawing after this week if the head organization, CEI, doesn't change, uh, make a change and put somebody who understands freedom in the position of Crasher-in-Chief. I mean, this this Lee Doran character was making claims like, well, we may disagree on some of these things, but it won't affect how I lead the organization and expand the membership. Look, you've already affected the way the organization is being run. You've, you've come in, you've added uh, links to the website that are to non-liberty-oriented sites like Michelle Malkin and Rush Limbaugh. Ugh. And you've come in there and you've removed the most popular groups from the, the featured groups page, and you've put up groups that are more palatable to the conservatives. And you've done, you've taken initial steps uh, that are quite clearly turning the bureaucrat organization into a, another conservative lobbying group. And you've, of course, like all the uh, the people that are trying to destroy the term libertarian, began applying that you know that term to yourself. And uh, began doing very, showing yourself as a very unliberty-oriented person, so thereby com- uh, contributing ever further to the destruction of the the concept of libertarianism, which of course is one of the main reasons why I have rejected uh, the whole idea of labeling myself as a libertarian. It's because of people like Lee Doran uh, who've come into this movement to try to conflate us with conservatives, which is one of the biggest problems with uh, with this movement, is that people confuse libertarians with conservatives, and I don't want to be confused with a conservative, and I don't want to be confused find, with a liberal either. What I find most ironic about the whole situation, especially with this bureaucrat social incident, is that I mean, it's it's just it's irony that they are using force to try and keep people around and have them forget and have them not go and delete their accounts from the bureaucratic social site, assuming that they did this intentionally. Well, it's virtual and, force, Johnson. I mean, it's not real force. Uh, no, it's real force. No, no, it's not. <laughs> your account is not your own. Look, I'm sure in their terms of agreement, your account is not your <laughs> no, own, no, Johnson, as much as you might want it to be. from leaving, that is the use of force. I mean, it's it is not, not. not violence. It's, it's, not it's violence, virtual it force. force. forcing people to not be able to leave the site tonight. If they wanted to do... You aren't on the site. Johnson, there is no such thing as a site. Well, they have Step no out of the internet for a minute, man. <laughs> I see you're, you're still both. in your living room, dude. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Toto, we're still in Kansas. Let me ask you something. Is there something that people wanted tonight that they are being prevented from acquiring? What? Is there something that people wanted to do tonight that they are being prevented from being able to do? There are all kinds of things that people are being prevented that they might want but the, however, it is not theirs. It is okay. the, the that that site 
Oh, Belongs crap. to bureaucrats. Hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, both of you, hold on. Okay, news flashed. We just discovered that apparently every Ning site is down. So it's... Okay. <laughs> it sure didn't seem suspicious, though, didn't it? Sure did. Well, anyway, eventually you'll be able to re- to remove your account. Actually, but let's talk about the force the issue real quick. Hold hold on, Johnson. I just want to chime in on this uh, this whole this is force thing. I think I see where both of you are coming from. It certainly if they had taken the site down, and we now know that that they didn't. Uh, but if uh, if they had taken their site down to prevent people from quitting the site, it would be a really sad thing. But they have no obligation to leave their site online, so it's really just a scummy. It would have been a, just a scummy, sad thing to do. I don't know if it's necessarily using force. I describe anything as force where you're trying, where you're trying to either take away someone's freedom or you're trying to prevent them from doing something. So you know, it's not. It's certainly not a. But they have uh, no obligation not, to allow them to uh, to quit their site. There's no obligation to. Them. Right, there is no obligation. Absolutely, but I do see it as a force act. It certainly not was not an act of persuasion. Look, you, you know, Johnson. The acts of thought. As it's force. it's as much um, kidnapping you as it is me when I stabbing you when it, when we're in world. Of Warcraft, and I'm fighting with my, you know, two-handed bastard sword, or whatever the heck they call him. <laughs> it is not real, man. They are not using real force yeah. by kidnapping the people and not allowing them to leave. So, Mark, if I were to post something libelous about you online, it wouldn't be real. Libel is libel. Like online, that were to cause people to come up and threaten to burn down your house and kill your family. Libel that wouldn't be real because it happened online. Libel is, by its definition, something that would be said or written, depending on I don't know the, the slander. Libel, libel oh, is something wait, so written, posted. So it is defined. Johnson, defined let me freaking finish, man. It libel is by its definition something that is written. Threats are by something that are either written or posted. So. You're you're describing something that is, uh, you know, written or or uh, uh, said. Yes, Mark. We understand that you you think that the state legal definitions are very important, and that if men with fine hats say something, it must therefore be true. But just because it's a legal definition doesn't mean anything. There's plenty of things that aren't defined by law that you know. Well, so I mean, what is the what is the yes, f- we are talking about something online, but there are things that are not tangible that are forced. For example, fraud. Fraud is something that is not tangible, that is an act of force. I understood. So what is the free market definition of slander and libel? No, those are legal I mean, terms. Then, then I think then we default. Bad things about someone. Then we default to the legal definition since there isn't a free market one, right? Why are we defaulting to legal definitions? Legal. Because you asked me about <laughs> it. I don't speak <laughs> legalese. Whether it's force or not. I don't use their language. I don't speak legalese. And by the way, threats. Threats right, are not on. legal. There's something that, that uh, we'll come back here uh, because there's still more to say about this situation, and we'll take your calls as well at 800-259-9231, and you can bring up anything. That is the point of Free Talk Live. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees. You'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit alakees at a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. Again, that's a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com.
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. If you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Again, 800-259-9231. And our website, freetalklive.com. Updates, they're there for you. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com, get on the list, and we'll shoot you out an email whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Again, that's updates.freetalklive.com. Freedombookclub.com invites you to participate in their summer reading event. Go to freedombookclub.com, choose your preference from the four finalists, then purchase the book of the month. New winners are announced every month. Freedombookclub.com, making freedom a bestseller. That's freedombookclub.com. As we continue taking your phone calls here, we go to the man who should have been the crasher-in-chief of Bureau Crash. Uh, Zach Fix is on the line with us. He is the host of... Zach, are you still the host of uh, Bureaucrash's Podcrash? What what's going on with you and Bureaucrash? What is your current relationship with them? I am a uh, I'm still on the Bureaucrash social site, but I'm uh, I guess the best way to describe me is an active foreign or former member, um, working with a bunch of other great activists and some Free State Project people, some former really active crashers on a new project. Um, after Bureau Crash Action, abcaction.wordpress.com. Uh, uh, um, and I'll be bringing back a podcast, but it won't be the Bureau Crash Pod Crash because I'm done helping CEI ruin that brand. Wow. Okay, so uh, you are striking out onto your own in the world of uh, podcasting. That is good to know, and I'm sure you'll give me a heads up as to when you get that started because certainly – uh, interested in, in knowing more and uh, letting our listeners know about that. Uh, but so, so Bureaucrash, uh, right now, they are just in a, in a real bad way, and it, it looks like there are a, a number of people that are interested in removing their accounts. The site is currently down for maintenance. Hopefully that will be available uh, shortly. But uh, let's see. Zach, how do you feel about all of this? I mean, just the, the whole invasion. Did you ever think it would, it, it would come to this? Are we overreacting? I was kind of afraid that it, it that it would get bad, but I wasn't imagining this bad. There's been some concern for quite a while that uh, CEI wanted to take bureaucrash in a new direction, and that's part of why I applied. Um, you know, there's not um, running a social networking site or a and an activist activist uh, network isn't exactly the, the highest paying job out there, so it wouldn't really be advancing my career by taking it. But I loved Bureaucrash so much that I wanted to take it to keep them from uh, CEI from hiring someone who didn't share that love and didn't have the same goals for Bureaucrash. Hmm. Um, and they were, there were some other applicants that I would have supported, but they made the decision they did. Someone more in lines with more in line with where they wanted to take it. Um, so it is sad. I think there is some overreaction. Some of the personal attacks on the new crasher-in-chief. You know, he's obviously not a pro-liberty person, but he's not necessary, necessarily the villain. Um, I think... The yeah, I've noticed that you've can... kept a good, you know, you, you've, you've kept a civil relationship with Lee, and I, I really appreciate that. He's just a pawn in all he of this. Is. He is. They, they hired somebody that, you know, met 
that shared the same goals of where they wanted to take it. And right, it, and, and it, it wasn't really where the members wanted to take it, it no. uh, or at least the well, members that we support. Not all the uh, members, some of the members, I guess. Yeah, it was where they, as the uh, the heads of the organization, wanted to take it. And that's their prerogative. It's their organization. I think that's great. I just think the biggest problem with all this is it's just so sad seeing uh, once great organizations like the, the Libertarian Party or Bureaucrats being subverted by anti-liberty forces and uh, effectively nullifying, to, to some extent, a lot of the activism that the activists, the, uh, the, the boots-on-the-ground activists, had actually, uh, the things that they'd done for the organization. I mean, a lot of these right. folks that are now looking for something else to join up with had spent a lot of time and money and effort getting out there and spreading the bureaucrash brand, whether it was through wearing bureaucrash uh, T-shirts or or going out there and, and putting out stickers uh, that uh, you know have the bureaucrash logo on them, which are very I love them. They're very creative. They're great. They were great products, um, but they right. helped build a brand of something that now, if people go and see that particular logo, well, they'll go to and they won't really get a true picture of what Liberty's all about. And I think that's uh, that's distressing. Zach, but wasn't the foundation for this really laid uh, with uh, Jason Talley and the organization when uh, essentially bureaucrash was on the rocks and didn't have the fun Funding that it needed, and CEI came in and, and took over and, and uh, gave them the, the, the funding that they needed. I mean, didn't CEI purchase the brand, um, the Bureaucrash? Yes, uh, CEI purchased the brand name, but I, what they can't purchase is the activism and the activists. And, but as we know, you know, as fans of the free market, the market will provide. You know, this isn't. Yes, this is sad to see it go, but it's an opportunity for something newer and better to be built from the ground up. And through uh, abcaction.wordpress.com, we're taking votes right now or or taking nominations now for a new name and um, a new um, votes for what people want, what we can do better and building a pro-liberty activist organization using people who now have some experience with it to build it from the ground up. So what did, what do you think, uh, Zach, will prevent this new organization, whatever it's going to be, whether it's Free Agents or Anarchy or something brand new that hasn't existed yet, uh, whatever this new activist, uh, pro-liberty activism organization will be, what do you think will prevent it from being infiltrated and taken over as so many others have? Um, well, primarily a different model. Um, instead of like honestly the uh you know the advisors for bureau crash and and Jason groups like that they might have been hesitant about um working with a, another group but they didn't know how bad it could be so now they know and we know that we're not going to follow those same mistakes we can take donations and work with nonprofit groups but not necessarily be one. You know, they've also learned a lot from um, Motorhome Diary stuff and from you guys with uh, things like your AMP program or your, um, just, you know, your great show and how you've grown the model. Right. Like yeah, I'd like to point out that a lot of a lot of people, when they're forming an organization, they will have the temptation from the uh, you know the federal government to go and form some sort of uh, corporation and basically make it a non- into a nonprofit and jump through whatever IRS hoops are necessary in order to do that. Because what they'll tell themselves is, well, we're going to miss out on contributions if we're not a nonprofit. 
because so many people are, are, you know, so obedient and they pay taxes just like master uh, federal government wants them to. They're concerned that the taxpaying people will not contribute to their organization if they can't get themselves one of their, uh, what do they call it, deductions as yeah. a result right. of that. Uh, but uh, it hasn't, uh, at least I don't think it's affected Free Talk Live's AMP program. That's not a, an IRS corporation in any way shape or form and we're pulling in over four thousand dollars a month from our generous listeners that want to support what it is that we do so i think it's i think it's poppycock to suggest that any uh, liberty oriented organization has to be registered with the irs uh, in order to maximize the donations they're going to receive i mean if someone is so undedicated to liberty that they won't contribute to an organization that they Ooh, I think we just lost the phone there. Uh, if they're so uh, not dedicated to liberty that they won't contribute a few bucks to an organization that's, that is not going to give them a, uh, essentially a tax-deductible receipt for it, I think that's pretty ludicrous, personally, and I don't, uh, I don't feel sorry about missing out on their I don't contributions. Think that the, you know, the, they're not looking at the overt uh, fact that people won't donate because they won't get a, a deduction. What they're concerned with is likely, well, how much will they donate um, if they don't get the deduction? The fact is that economics is something that goes on sort of below the conscious decision of people and and uh, you know how much money are they going to donate i think that it's legitimate to go out there and get a 501c3 uh uh, designation if one wants it why don't you want the uh, 501c3 designation ian uh well uh, zach are you still there i am okay how do you feel about the 501c3 i'd rather have you answer the question if you don't mind well, to be honest, getting a 501c3 is an expensive process. It's kissing government uh, bottom that we don't want to. And it's more rules we have to follow, since what we may and may not talk about. Absolutely. I think and I'll bring it back if you've got more comments. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, what you're doing with the, the new website. And mention again, because I've forgotten what it is. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you will not get any sort of deductible receipt for doing this uh, because we're absolutely for-profit and we're not a corporation. So uh, go on over to amp.freetalklive.com, become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We will take that in and use it to grow our business. Uh, we'll use it to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and by proxy help explain to new people what the ideas of freedom are all about. So, you know, you do benefit from it from that aspect. It's a long-term investment kind of thing. If you like the show, it's the best way to get behind us. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Of course, one of the other best ways is to buy advertising with us, which you can do by emailing sales at freetalklive.com. But it's a little more difficult uh, to, uh, to, to recruit advertisers with uh, brief on-air mentions like this. But that is another alternative way that you can support Free Talk Live. Uh, so amp.freetalklive.com, you'll get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. And we're talking about uh, the, the the whole bureaucrat debacle. Uh, no point in recapping it at this point because we've moved to discussing 501c3s and and charitable organizations and how it is that that is either that either does or doesn't promote people participating as far as giving money uh, is concerned. And to me, uh, I'm with you, Zach Fix. Uh, Zach Fix, formerly of Bureaucrash, now with what's the new website, Zach? 
that's actually what I was calling about. Yeah. <laughs> We're get, gathering input on what to call the new website. Gotcha. Right now we have a WordPress uh, blog, ABC, stands for After Bureau Crash Action, dot wordpress.com. Um, and right now for today until um, I believe midnight, we're taking votes uh, or we're taking nominations or suggestions for names. Um, all day tomorrow and uh, Wednesday we'll be taking votes, and then Friday we'll announce the new name. So um, so as far as the 501c3 issue, we're talking about why not to do something like that. And, and you basically said what I would have said to Mark's question, and that is that if you are becoming a 501c3 organization, you are bowing down to the man. You are working within their system. You are using their system for some perceived benefit. But to me, uh, I think that uh, it's, sell- it's essentially selling out, and you are, it's, it would not be a principled start to what is supposed to be a principled organization of liberty mind- of uh, real principled liberty-minded people. And, and when I say principled, I mean that... Uh, you understand that in order to be free, others must be allowed to be free as well, allowing your neighbors to be free and not aggressing against them. So I think it'd be a great start to start out without going through the corporate uh, 501c3 route, and I think it was. I think that's the right direction. I also think, though, if someone wants, if someone does, you know, since we're open to everyone that wants to promote liberty, even just a little bit, or if they're really hardcore, uh, voluntarist, agorist, um, you know, just really hardcore about the liberty. No matter what level you are on, and if you feel more comfortable giving to a um, uh, a known 5013C uh, pro-liberty group, if you can talk to them and say, I'll donate to you if you'll donate or if you'll fund in some way, you know, this kind of action or this kind of group, that way you can get a tax write-off and they can use it as an expense in working with, you know, whatever new project we get going. I'm okay with that because it's all going to advance liberty. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think that's a that's a reasonable thing. I mean, that's if somebody really wants to make uh, to, to get that donation receipt so they can write it off, they could find some organization to be willing to work with uh, the new non corporate group. So, right, interesting. So the uh, the WordPress blog is abcaction.wordpress.com. Yes, sir. And people can get their input, uh, put their input in there. Anything else you want to share with our listeners tonight, Zach? Uh, if you have any questions about what we're doing, you know, come to Porkfest. I'm, I'll be there. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out flight and campsite stuff, but I will be there. So see me, see the Motorhome Diaries guys. Oh yeah, Porkfest is going to be great. Porkfest is going to be great, and we're all working together to promote liberty. Very good, Zach Fix. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you, and uh, good luck with your new pod, uh, podcast. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Yes, Mark. I'm thinking. I'm um, just sort of wondering to myself if if the vast majority of members uh, in this whatever new organization is going to spring from the the head like uh, Athena from Zeus of uh, of of bureaucrash and um, you know just like Zeus uh, bureaucrash will probably continue going on. Um, if most of them are free state project members that are going to be members of this, why have an organization at all if you know, you've already got the Free State Project. I'm not sure if most of them are Free State Project members. No, I think that most of them are. That's what I'm hearing. Well, how, how are you hearing that? Well, just the people that I've heard raising Kane about it are all Free State Project members except for Zach Fix. Zach Fix is a Free State Project member. Oh, well, okay. Then then they all are. <laughs> <laughs> the nine people that really, really, really well, care. first of all, you're wrong. They're not all Free State Project members. I don't know what the majority of them are. I don't think anyone's taken a poll 
Um, but we'll, you'll be able to do that on the new site. Many, many of these people are, are people that are just concerned with the direction of bureaucrats, and most bureaucrats, I don't think, are Free State Project members either. Uh, they're concerned and they're willing to do something about it, to strike out on their own, to create a principled organization that uh, is not going to be corrupted by the uh, the conservative right coming in and taking it over from the inside. And, Mark, I understand that you're you're very concerned. You'd express some concerns to me. Uh, about you know the, why do you guys keep complaining about the you know what's happening out there and why do you want to be so ideologically pure? What's the deal there? That's kind of what you would express to me, and I think that that it's just that's something that these people want. They want somewhere to go where they can do activism without having to uh, essentially worry about people watering down their message. And I think that there's a, there's a point to that. Oh, I see why people would, might be uh, might be upset about the appointment of Lee Doran to the uh, uh, you know to to the president of Crasher in Chief. I don't see that's worth three shows of uh, content. But hey, you know when he came on, people wanted to talk to him, and it was good, compelling radio. Some people said it was their most uh, their, their favorite show ever. I just, I'm sure know, some people hated it. You know, you can't make everybody happy. C- color me completely unconcerned. I, from what I could tell, Bureaucrash was doing very little. You know why you're little... unconcerned, Mark? Is because you're not one of those activists. You're right. You're absolutely right. You go but home I don't to hear... your wife and uh, your dog and your kid, and that's great. You're doing your activism here on this show. You're not a Bureaucrash activist. You didn't have a dog in that race. You might have had an account on Bureaucrash Social because you're social like that, uh, but you weren't necessarily one of the people that was really in the mix as far as being activists well, with Bureaucrash. Tell me about these people that were in the mix. Well, I, I, Jesse is one of them here in town. He's been out promoting Bureaucrash. Giving, giving, giving stickers spending to his, people? Spending his money on their products and then giving them away to people in, in, the, in the hopes of promoting what the organization was doing. And now you're, they're pulling I'm the carpet I'm wearing one out. of Bureaucrash's t-shirts. I'm doing as much as Jesse is, for God's you're sake. You're wearing an SRQ Magazine t-shirt. Currently today, however, but I, 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 I wear one of those Bureaucrash's t-shirts. Did you set up a booth out at uh, the what, very so certain events? So more people could get out, stickers? Yeah, giving out information, taking the time to put those stickers on. Yeah, on things, uh, I, you know. You see, the the reason that I like the Free State Project is because I feel like the activism here works, and the activism does something. I, you know, I just I, I what the I activism s- of bureaucrash is. Well, the idea was to crash bureaus. I don't know how often that actually ended up happening, but uh, the, but the activism was certainly focused on recruiting young people into the liberty movement. And to that end, I think bureaucrash was fairly effective. Uh, the the designs and the logos and the products that that they put them on were uh, were very well done and very cool. Uh, for instance, the Shelley Roach uh, Roche. Shelly Roche from the uh, they, they the had some Watch really show. great uh, t-shirts. They, I love their t-shirts. She wore some of the bureaucrat shirts on on that show. I mean, so they got some attention. I've seen all kinds of activists wearing bureaucrat garb. Uh, and that inevitably spreading uh, spreading a logo and spreading a brand like that is good to bring young people into this movement. I think that's what bureaucrat was very successful at. But if you start alienating your key activists that are out there doing that work for you, I see then problems you're in trouble. with it. I do. I do. I absolutely seen problems with it. And now they're it. in trouble. I just don't see the bureaucrat was getting much done anyway. And now the on loss a scale of the brand of what though? On a scale on of, a scale of to one to ten, I, I see a one or a two. Sure, compared to the Free State Project, they weren't getting much done as far as uh, protecting liberty. But it was mostly an educational organization, from what I could tell. I mean, I love the, the, the logo and the, the idea of Bureau Crash, but as far as doing actual Bureau Crashing, there wasn't much that I ever saw besides the, the Thomas Jefferson dance party thing that, the, that they did. 
where they went to the Thomas Jefferson Memorial and right. danced and one of them got arrested that's, for that's it? That's what I'm saying. I'm not attacking anyone, Ian. I'm not calling them bad people. I'm just saying ho-hum. You know, the, the bureaucratic organization wasn't getting much done previously. Maybe it won't get much done now. Um, you know, all the best. Be careful what you li- wish for. Here you go. See you later. They're definitely not going to get done, uh, not get much done now because the people that were supporting it, many of them are going to drop out. And I understand, Mark, that... How many is many? I predi- have no idea. Uh, do you predict... Off this bureaucrat social site, I see 3,300 uh, members, and then I see 200 members of the the site of people that are upset about Leon Dor- Doran's... Uh, it's not going to crush the organization. I don't expect not. that. I don't expect a mass exodus either. I know Johnson was saying he wanted like 1,000 people to leave. I don't think that's very likely. I, I don't expect much at all, but I do Is know getting some people, people to leave really activism. I think that uh, getting the people to to start up an organization that can't be subverted is a worthwhile activity. Absolutely, because I've had a lot of my time building that I spent building organizations wasted over the years. Hour two's coming up. Free Talk Live. SwissAmerica.com reports Monday gold prices dipped to $950 an ounce as a firmer dollar and inflation fears weighed on markets. Gold last traded down $3.90 to $950.70. Silver fell $0.38 cents to $14.89. For investors worried about inflation, it's still not too late to consider gold. The sweat of the sun, what the Incas call gold, is an inflationary haven, though traders confess not having a little idea whether inflation will begin in six months or two years, reports Barron's. Friend, this is Pat Boone for Swiss America. Let Swiss America help you get gold for safety, peace of mind, and growth without spending a dime. It's time to get inspired. Take the first step today. Ask for their free golden retirement kit at $30 value. Thanks, Pat. Call toll-free 800-630-1496. That's 800-630-1496. 800-630-1496 today. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We'll continue taking your phone calls. By the way, I did, uh, as I promised, leave the Bureaucrash social organization today uh, it's at social.bureaucrash.com. The website is back online at this time, so if you are interested in also removing your account, you're certainly uh, able to do that at this point. We continue taking your calls about anything. Or if you want to do something productive, go ahead and do that instead. Well, yeah. It's just a symbolic gesture. It only takes a few moments. Yep. Just to show you that, show them that you were serious about what you had said to them. No, and that's you, what I did. That's if, what I said. If so. you said it, yeah. you should do it because you, you said it. Right. But if you want to do something productive, you could do that too. I agree with you there. All right, we continue here. Unless you think this is productive, in which case you should do it. I, I, I would I would suggest that you're not. It could produce a feeling of satisfaction. Yeah, well, there's always that feeling of satisfaction, yeah. but you know, there's a lot of things that could do that. A good, nice, warm bowl of soup might help, mm-hmm. and you'd be nourished instead of going and doing it. this crap. You could do it while you're eating your soup. Just saying. All right, we continue with your calls. And go to Vince in California. You're on Free Talk Live, Vince. Hey, guys, you hey. there? Vince, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to first chime in as being one of the non-free staters who's very actively involved in this transition and very um, interested in the outcome. Now, now what have you um, done for Bureaucrash p- prior to um, everybody getting all upset about Lee? Uh, uh, 
in uh, what did I do? Meaning what? Live my life well, like a liberty loving individual, or what? no? Something to promote the br- the group. I mean, what what this, this oh, organization? I have no with bureaucrats whatsoever. I found out about it through your show. Uh-huh. I was just curious because it was uh, quite a heated debate. I heard and mm-hmm. it definitely sparked my interest. So I went to uh, went online and judged for myself. I signed up. Um, Got a lot of satisfaction just in uh, hearing all these people rip on Lee. That was their <laughs> in and of itself. So you were not a bureaucrat activist prior to this controversy? Absolutely not. I don't own one paraphernalia, whatever. I don't didn't even know about the logo until then. Um, so I'm totally uh, a third party here. I'm not interested in the free state being a member of this free state project. I envy what you guys are doing there in New Hampshire. I want to emulate that where I am. Um, <laughs> Good I'm, luck. I'm pre- yeah, well, I'd like to. If, if, if since they're taking names for this uh, for this new group, I'd like to uh, put up my nomination for the Free World Project. <clears throat> I think that's kind of fun, basically, but uh, I mean, basically, I... you guys are doing what you're doing in New Hampshire. I see mm-hmm. that as the nexus, the sort of the the epicenter of this movement. And it's slowly reverberating outwards from that. And I'm going to be one of these little satellites uh, in the free world that's going to report back to you guys and make sure everything's cool. So if you ever decide to, to, to cruise outside of the Free State Project, which I think is funny because it's kind of a co- contradiction in terms. <laughs> I agree with you. against the state, but yet you want a free state. Well, it's it's not really so a it's I not really a, that right there. Well, I see where you're coming so, but, from, but, 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 but well, well, I'm, I'm going to address that, that point you if you don't ironic. mind, you Vince. Can say it's an ironic play on words. Fair enough. Well, Vince, I'd like to address um, the point if you don't mind. Uh, the Free yeah, State sure. Project is not a voluntarist organization, uh, so you're right. Uh, there is a bit of irony in the fact that they've called it the Free State Project uh, and that it is a little uh, strange, uh, a bit of a, a contradiction. Uh, but the uh, the people that are in charge of the organization uh, turned it into, a, you know, they created a basically, uh, at a base level, minarchist organization, an organization uh-huh. that uh, people like Jason Sorens do believe in, uh, in having a state, which uh, and I fun and Mark, and I fundamentally disagree with them on that. Uh, but as of right now, the Free State Project is very successful because it has brought everybody under under the same tent, and it's I think a tent that has been totally. very effective in actually. Totally. And, and I think I think bureaucrats did that outside of the Free State, though it incorporated the Free State, yet it incorporated Zach in South Carolina, Vince in California, and so on. Yeah, I think so it's great that I you're out the there doing your own project, thing. Why not? Why not have a side project to the Free State Project? Since you're doing all these projects, the side project be the Free World Project, and just see what happens to that. Just I think you should do that. Free World Project on it, and and see where it goes. And I say go for it, Dorn Vince. In too. Have Lee Dorn come down and and and, and <laughs> skew his shit too. Oh, Sorry. we've got to let Excuse you go. Friend. Thanks for the call. See you later. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's a man who's excited about what he's doing. Yeah, well, you know, I, good uh, luck free in the world, my thank, friend. Thank goodness we have a, a dump button. But you know, I think, um, I, you know, I I wasn't much of an activist. Uh, you know, when I lived in Sarasota, Florida, and that's where you live too. Yeah, I was you know minorly involved in uh, some libertarian stuff, uh, party wise, and then you know some free state projects you know, stuff remotely, mm-hmm. but uh, I just couldn't get into the idea because it seemed so pointless being active because you knew that all you were doing was 
standing there holding a sign, perhaps you know p- passing out uh, passing out jury information to some indoctrinated juror, uh, you know one after another after another. Yeah, back then it was just for the psychic reward, essentially, of knowing that there are people out there that think like you. Unfortunately, they weren't willing to do anything. Yeah, well, um, they being the Free Libertarian Party or the people that uh, no, think I like mean, you. Just it, as far as the, the reward for being an activist, you were talking about how there's not much that you yeah. would accomplish. Uh, the reward was just the psychic value of knowing that there are other people out there, the mental reward, if you will, of knowing that there are people. Yes, indeed, if you go out and do an outreach booth, you'll find out that there are plenty of people that think like you. But the depressing part is they're not willing to do anything about it. Yeah, and um, I think that... You know, I, I didn't really care that much. My life was going fine in Sarasota, Florida. If it wasn't for meeting you and doing Free Talk Live, I'd have, cons- I'd have stayed there. I'd have been a mm-hmm. libertarian being fine in Sarasota, Florida. Come out once every four years and vote. That's if, I'd go vote anyway, and likely if, if the libertarian was on the ballot, I'd check that, but I wouldn't care much. Put Maybe put a yard sign in if somebody gave me, you know, but that's about the level of activism. And life right. was okay. It was fine. It was good. Um, and, and in some ways, it's better than it, it was living, it is living up here in New Hampshire. However, if you care about liberty and that's important to you, this is what's going on. Um, you know, there's, it's, it seems to me, that you really can't do anything effectively for liberty elsewhere. Um, I, I could be wrong. Some, like you know, people people argue this point. But I hope I, to be proven wrong on that point. I really do because I agree with you, and I hope to be proven wrong. But um, I hope that we see some great advances in Wyoming or Arizona or something like that in, in one yeah, of these other places people where that, people claim there's quite a movement. People that want quantitative results, people that want to see, well, well, let's do a little science here and see if the Free State Project is working, clearly don't understand the concept of the Free State Project. Because the Free State Project is intended, it, it's, its byline is liberty in our lifetimes, and <laughs> that means we've got a little ways to go. Currently, we're slowing down the advancement of the state. Seatbelt bill is dead. Right. If somebody would like to uh, do a little little bit of uh, science on that, they can see that bill after bill after bill have been killed. Can we claim it? Can we say quantitatively, I can prove that the Free State Project no. killed this bill. No, it. I can't. But you can look at the activists that were behind the opposition to those bills. You can look at the level see. of growth of government before the Free State Project, and you can look at the level of growth of government in New Hampshire after the Free State Project. You can. And if you want to see results, you can look there, and you will know in your heart that it's time to pick up and well, move to New Hampshire. And those, but if you don't want to be proven wrong because you know <laughs> yeah. that you don't care anything about liberty, really, really, when the rubber hits the road, Road, you don't care. You'd much rather be with your family, which is cool. It's cool. You if you care it, about your good. job, that's fine. If you care about whatever it is, the weather, I know the weather is important. It's important. Just don't say you care about liberty right. over any of those things. So. Just you don't want to know the facts. Well, you know, and you'll be able to look later on as, as and more as more time goes on, the difference will be more obvious as far as growth of government comparisons, like you were talking about there, Mark. It'll be become more crystal clear over time. Yep. But right now, just look at some of the recent efforts. Uh, look at gay marriage. The gay marriage issue here in New Hampshire. One of the four activists on the forefront was Ryan Marvin. Who Not is everyone's a free state issue, by member. the way. This isn't necessarily everyone's issue, and certainly libertarians can disagree on this issue. I think I think Ryan Marvin would be the first to agree that. Uh, 
that all government should be out of marriage entirely. But in the meantime, while they insist on being in, then there should be at least an equal opportunity there. Anyway, Ryan Marvin is a free stater. As far as the medical marijuana, which has had the greatest success this year it has ever had in New Hampshire, if you look behind the scenes there, the man in charge of New Hampshire Coalition for Common Sense is Matt Simon, also a Free State Project member. So two of the most notable uh, liberty-oriented issues here in the state right now, forefronted by Free Staters. I think that people need to try activism where they are so they can see what it's like to do activism outside of the New Hampshire and to see what it's like to have just their efforts kind of dwindle. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us, including the live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, even a webcam. It's all free over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Oh, by the way, uh, one of the highlights from the conference over the weekend, the Talkers New Media Seminar that you and I attended, I was able to meet the president of Ustream, the, the founder, uh, Brad Hunstable, the guy that uh, was behind the, the great company that provides us with our streaming uh, services for our webcam. Nice guy, and I got to ask him a few questions. There are some things that are in development. One of them I can't really talk about, but the other one I think I can because he publicly mentioned this. Uh, Ustream is jumping in to compete with Quick.com. Quick.com, QIK.com, the website that allows you to wow. stream over your smartphones, your uh, webcam-enabled uh, phones with video feature. You can use, use Quick.com to, within two clicks on your phone, begin instantly streaming video to the Internet. That's a, It's an awesome service, and we've been talking about it a lot on Free Talk Live, and I'm so excited uh, that Ustream is going to get involved in that because, as of yet, Quick.com doesn't really have any serious competitors. And it sounded like, uh, from what Brad told me, uh, the founder of Ustream, sounded like they are serious about getting in and competing pretty hardcore with uh, with quick so pretty excited about that looking forward to talking more about it as it's available but in the meantime we talk to you about what you want and then we'll we'll give you another highlight from the talkers convention uh, about uh, one particular talk radio host that went off the deep end uh but first we go to ziggy in the uk ziggy you're on free talk live hey what's on your mind zig well this country has taken another step towards becoming a fascist state are you okay, um, man? You sound pretty uh, pretty bummed out. I woke up this morning with the knowledge that over a million people... With a wine glass in my hand. Whose wine? <laughs> Where the hell did I dine? There's I, another line in there. I have so. no idea what you're doing. What you're about. Let, him, let him talk. Go ahead. Sorry. I woke up this morning to the knowledge that over a million people voted for the British National Party. What's that mean? That, well, the British National Party are Nazis. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how many you know, millions of people are in the, uh, the United Kingdom? Uh, well, the turnout is about 30%, so that's probably about 15 million people voted. No one really votes in the Euro- European elections. So one However, out of 15 voters voted for na- a Nazi, an unabashed, admitted Nazi? No, 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 no not, not 15 million. A million people voted. They got around about 8% of the vote. Okay. Um, but they ended up with... Um, two seats. So, and, so these people are unabashed Nazis. Like they had, they well, were into it. <laughs> they wear smart suits and smile a lot and try and make out that they're mainstream. But you know, various 
uh, one of the candidates who was elected, you know, it's well known that he had been involved with the National Front, who are out-and-out Nazis, oh, and yeah, other a... National Socialist groups in the past. Oh, my. Now, basically, you know, people call me alarmist, but, you know, I'm sure that back in 1924, when Hitler went to jail, people went, <laughs> those Nazis are a joke. You know, it, you know that th- th- they'll never get anywhere. And it should also be remembered that the Nazis in Germany never won the popular vote. Really? It was because of proportional representation and backroom deals and backstabbing, which goes on in political systems, that they actually gained power. Hmm. Right. It wasn't he. The chancellor was was an appointed position. However, it was a democratic system that allowed Hitler to uh, achieve yeah. power. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So you know, people saying, "Oh, this is just a protest vote." Well, I mean, if they wanted, I mean, I realize that the majority of people in this country do not want to be in the European Union, but there is a party called the United Kingdom Independence Party who aren't bigoted, who do want to get the party out of Europe, Mm -hmm. uh, the country out of Europe. They could have voted for them. And all in all, across the UK, a million people voted. And, uh, you know, the fact fact is people say, oh, you know, you you can't say that everyone's a racist who votes for the BNP. I'm sorry, if you vote for a party which has a bigoted agenda, who wants to persecute people who are black, homosexuals, Jews, and whatever else, you are a bigot. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. If if they even if they agree with you on some issues and saying, well, I'm only voting for them because they agree with me on some of these issues, I mean, whatever they might happen to be, you are still supporting bigotry. And another reason this happened is because the Labour Party, who are you know the Social Democrat Party, used to represent the interests of what essentially is the white working classes. And basically, uh, they were not winning elections, so they sort of pulled away from that and sort of tried to appeal to the middle classes. And therefore, the white working classes have proven what the kind of mentality they have. They've just swapped their vote from Labour to the BNP. And a friend of mine who sort of came from that sort of um, uh, class said to me, they've always been xenophobic and homophobic. You know, it was just that, the higher echelons of Labour, you know, never let, uh, allowed it to get that, you know, l- allowed it to affect their policies, as long as they took care of, of, of um, the white working classes. Yeah, you know, well, I, I, I see where your frustration is, is coming from, Zig. Uh, welcome to politics, you know. People well, get control over your life that, have, uh, that you have no agreements with, very few agreements with, and uh, there's very little that you can do within the system to actually change it, because the system is designed to expand, the system is designed well, uh, to empower these people. One of the reasons this has happened is because, funny enough, at the Westminster elections, which is our national you know, general elections, we don't have proportional representation. It's first past the post. Because it's what? there was proportional representation, because all they had to do was get 10% of the vote in each constituency, they won two seats. So you're saying that uh, proportional representation, bad. You're saying that's not a good well, system? I'm, saying, I'm not saying every system is bad, but I'm saying the system they have for the European elections is bad. Because, funny enough, right across Europe, the far right have done actually quite well for themselves. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure what, uh, what you're getting at there. What I'm, what I'm saying is the, the actual system... I don't want, to go, don't want to explain the mechanics of the actual system of proportional representation. But the system they have adopted has allowed this to happen. There are other systems which... Um, basically, would, would you know they wouldn't they wouldn't get seats. Well, I think they all suck anyway because uh, whether it's proportional representation yeah, but Ian, or Ian, Ian, that sort of attitude sucks because at the moment I can walk down the street fairly freely. If the BMP ever got a sniff of power, I'm on a truck shipped off to a uh, gas oven. You know, I agree. You know, 
Freedom's on a, on a continuum, and I agree completely <laughs> with Ziggy here. You know, <laughs> you can complain about how you're not free sitting in your little living room because you have to pay property taxes, but when you're sitting yeah. in the back of a train going off to the gas chambers, yeah. like things might be a little different. Yeah, I totally yeah. understand where you're coming from, Ziggy, and I thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Yeah, you can walk down the street freely so long as you obey every all, all of the diktats that they're forcing upon you no, at that if, moment. If those, if those diktats aren't too arduous, then you know you're you're in a state of freedom, and not a total freedom, but a state of. Uh, it's a, only relative freedom. Re- relative freedom. I'll take Compared that. Elsewhere. I'll take that over the gas chamber, choking on sodium cyanide in a gas <laughs> chamber. Okay, like I, I'm sorry. Call me a relativist. Hey, Call me a utilitarian. All I'm saying is the system sucks. That's all I'm saying is it sucks. All of them suck. So so does poo-pooing so anything when um w- you know without uh, being prepared to take steps. Ziggy's bemoaning that some steps were taken towards tyranny as yeah. he sees it in Britain and it's a shame and but steps would have been taken had uh, it not been a proportional representation system and it had been one person versus another person like we have here in the United States and one scumbag would have won uh, and who's to say they won't start throwing people in who's to say the other parties won't start throwing people in gas chambers eventually anyway maybe the Muslims instead of the you know the crossdressers uh, more on the way you can bring up anything and Ziggy does look good in a dress it's free talk live <laughs> This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com, wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive and edit virtually anything that you see there, wiki.freetalklive.com. Uh, top story at freedomsphoenix.com, radioactive cheese graters imported from China. <laughs> Don't know what I'm talking about? Me either. Go to freedomsphoenix.com and you can <laughs> find out what's going on at the top of the page. Uh, hey, that's a cool feature, man, the top story at Freedoms Phoenix. I think that's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, well, it, 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 there it is. Because we've got a trade deal now with the folks over there at Freedoms Phoenix. You'll, be, you'll see Free Talk Live advertising on the daily email that they yep. send out. And we've been waiting for them to send us some copy that we can share uh, to with you uh, that they want us to share. But I'm, I'm going to suggest, Mark, that you suggest to them that we do a top story at Freedoms Phoenix. Uh, to, I'll, you know, I'll to talk to them about out. that. I think uh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I tell you, they're, uh, they're good folks over there. Mr. Hancock uh, might just go for that story. Uh, you know, I think I get most of my news from uh, as far as stories and that, that sort of thing from Freedoms Phoenix. Uh, they, they seem to have... All the stories that uh, somebody who's concerned with liberty might want to it's read. It's news and opinion. Yep, and you can get it emailed to you every day, which I think I, get, I think I actually get it twice a day. But you just sign up over at freedomsphoenix.com, and, it, you know, it's, it's great. All right, let's continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Uh, we will go to Nick in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. Hi. Hey, what's um, on your mind tonight? Um, I uh, sign up for Porkfest. The and, Porcupine uh, Freedom Festival, yes, sir. Yes, and um, I was having difficulties. Um, I've talked to various people on um, Free State Project forums and uh, MySpace groups, 
and I was just wondering if there's a specific place where I could try to roam with someone um, or like uh, in a in a tent. Sure, there are the Porcupine Freedom Festival is an event put on by this, the the Free State Project. It's happening later on this month, the 25th through the 28th. Details are at porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. And I guess I'm surprised they didn't link to the forum uh, because over at the free, over the Free State we, uh, Project website there is a forum, and one of the sub forums on the Free State Project forum is a forum dedicated to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It is in that forum that you may find people that are already looking to share a campsite or to share travel accommodations or something like that. So that's where I would recommend that you go. Uh, yeah, I did actually go there. I was just wondering if you guys specifically knew anything um, about like any anybody who could help me out. No, uh, not, not really. I mean, uh, we're a talk show. I mean, we don't. This isn't a swap shop where people call in and uh, and offer up services don't, to one another. I mean, do you have a tent? Uh, unfortunately, no. Okay. Um, I you know I I would think that one of those one man tents they're they're, they're quite cheap, cheap at, at Walmart. Um, if you if you have any trouble finding somebody who wants to share a tent, is all you have to do is uh, go and uh, you know get one at Walmart and. Set up at a campground. I'm sure that or somebody, get a two-man tent and then offer to share the tent. And even if you don't buy a, a campground for the night, um, somebody will let you set that temp, tent up. All you have to do is walk around and ask. All right. Yeah, I just figured I need like I, I think you need a, uh, to reserve a site, don't you? You don't have to reserve a site if you don't. If you can if, find someone to share. You can their find site. somebody to share the site. So again, okay. go over to the Free State Project forums and post over there because we can't really spend airtime saying, "Well, if anybody can help you out with uh, with that," you know, essentially throwing out an invitation to our other listeners because it just doesn't make for good radio. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. But hey, no problem, man. Thanks and uh, good luck. We'll see you at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Uh, the resources are there, and I thank you for the call. The resources are there for you, uh, so use them. And if somebody has the availability, they'll step up, and you'll get together with them. Or like I, or like uh, you would suggest, Mark, get your own tent, or get a, get a one person tent, or get a two person tent, and then you can share your two person tent and cut down the costs of what you had to pay to to uh, to buy the tent. Yeah, I know Eastern Mountain Sports will even rent tents. Um, really? Uh, I mean, tents are like fifty bucks. Why why you would want to rent a tent when they're just so I don't know cheap. When, when you're talking about one man tents at Walmart, <laughs> they're pretty cheap. Right, you can get a two man tent for fifty, I would say, or yeah. less. You know, I I'm sure if you I know if you show up at the Free State Project with uh, with a sleep bag um, that you will have you a dry place. Down. You'll have a yeah. dry place to, uh, to to throw that sleeping bag because people are nice like that. Yeah, it's They're, a good group of folks. The Free Staters, uh, the Liberty Activists here in New Hampshire are some of the best people that I have come across. Now, I'd like to point out they don't always get along with one another. There are sometimes some uh, some bouts of drama that will pop up, and any time that you have a group of people getting together. Uh, who have a generally similar mindset, there will still be people that are divergent from one another. There are still people that will not necessarily get along with one another. And so there's been some, there's been some recent drama bubbling over uh, on the Free Keen forum. And somebody had posted, oh, all this drama doesn't make me want to move up there. Well, wait a minute. Do you want us to try to, to co- cover this up? Should we uh, should we try to shove all the drama under the rug so so everybody thinks that everything is completely perfect up here? I mean, how ludicrous would that be? Fact is, in any group of people, there are going to be problems. There are going to be personality conflicts. I think that in general, the liberty activists do a great job of getting along with one another. And those that don't enjoy one another's company don't have to be around each other. 
even at a big event like at a big event like Porkfest, where there may be people that you don't like very much at that particular event. Sometimes I see bumper stickers from some of the conservative types that uh, are you know very anti-immigration, for instance, and I think what's the per- what's that person doing here? You know, they certainly wouldn't. I would not get along very well with somebody uh, on that particular issue. It's one but, of the issues that. Uh, but know, I don't have to associate with them. I don't have to spend time with them because there are so many other people that are closer to me that I can associate with. This is such a big movement. Inevitably, they're going to be people that are somewhat at odds with one another. And I just wanted to say to anybody that sees drama erupt uh, within the Free State Project movement, you go try to grow your movement where you are, whatever it is, however small it is. Go try growing it to hundreds of people and see if you can control that. Well, yeah. See if see if there's not drama going on where where you are, right. and especially when that uh, that group is a group of libertarians. Um, you know, <laughs> you want freedom. How's it going there in the rest of the world? Let's continue and talk to John, who is in New Hampshire, who's been around long enough to have experienced some of this drama. John, your thoughts on uh, whatever you want. What's on your mind? Yeah. Hey, I just wanted to call in. I haven't had a chance really to listen to the show for the past week. How are you guys doing? Actually, I thought it was a different John. John, what's on your mind? Is this uh, are you oh, brand new mover, John? John, I, I just got here from Arizona ah. a week ago. Uh, welcome to New Hampshire. An hour later, I'm under arrest. Yeah. So, well, it's <laughs> not the free state yet, is it? Well, uh, it's the free state project. Yeah, it is a project. <laughs> and it is not a cakewalk. It is not an easy yeah. process. There's no doubt about that. Do you want to briefly tell your story? How how did you get arrested? Oh, well, um, I was uh, coming to be a caretaker of a property that uh, was under dispute. The owner of the property is having a dispute with uh, banks, realtors, lawyers, I don't know who. But uh, I thought uh, I would go there and uh, occupy the property and make it a little bit more difficult for them to uh, take possession of it and maybe get evicted, give me a chance to find another place to live. But it had evidently gone a little further than that, and uh, the... Uh, the terocrats, or whatever you want to call them, uh, were already convinced that it was uh, not her property. And they promptly uh, arrested all of us once mm. we got there. So are you facing trespassing charges? Yeah, criminal trespass. Is that a misdemeanor? Um, it's a misdemeanor. Well, I, I, it could be a felony or a misdemeanor, depending on circumstance. In my I... case, I'm, I'm sure it's a misdemeanor if, I mean, it. I'm not even guilty of anything. I Doesn't don't, don't they have, right right don't they have to show intent when it comes to uh to trespass? I mean, doesn't there have to be an intention to trespass on somebody's property? I mean, if you're going someplace and believe that you have the right to be there um and that you have the permission of the owner to be there, I don't feel as though you've trespassed. I mean, this is this is a, you know, more of this bull crap scare tactic stuff that the uh the police do, sweeping people up one size fits all. This is just dumb. Yeah. Well, I wish you'd have been the police officer that came to arrest me because you wouldn't have arrested me. Yeah, well, it's true. But uh, I wouldn't well, have, I wouldn't have gone through the police academy and I wouldn't have been able to work there as long as he did. You know, I just I wouldn't make a good cop. Well, now, wait a minute. We you still don't know what all the case. details are as far as who really owned the property. I mean, it's, like you said, Neither the property John. was in it Nobody was in knew, knows. But there's a, an issue of intent. John, if you want, hang on. We'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. I'm still a little confused about the situation. Uh, And you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. And this is your show. It's Free Talk Live. The 
This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours free right there on the front page of the site. Back for an entire year, as a matter of fact, all free at freetalklive.com. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Let's go back to John in New Hampshire. Now, John, you've moved to New Hampshire from Arizona as part of the Free State Project, and within an hour or so from your arrival, uh, you were arrested by the police in a situation involving a property dispute on the piece of property that you had arrived to. You're now being charged with trespassing. Less than an hour. Less than an hour uh, at that point. How long did they hold you in, uh, in jail before you were processed and released? Oh, it was all evening. Uh, I I didn't get out till way after dark. I don't recall what time was, what time exactly it was. And but, what did they uh, do? Did they just unceremoniously release you from the jail and you had to walk home, or what happened? No, no. The uh, they arrested four people. It, it was the owner, uh, the owner's daughter, and a relative, and me. Oh, and I guess and you didn't have a home to go to at at that point. What did you do when you were let out? Well, uh, the owner of the property, of course, this is her. Uh, summer home so she has a house and uh, mm-hmm. she was committed to I mean she felt guilty that uh, that she was the reason she got me into this mess so she uh, she wanted to help me find a place to live I uh, we contacted nice. some other people on the free state project found somebody who had a couch I could crash on and cool. uh, I've been here well and traveling I've gone back down to Connecticut and New York to visit friends and and I think that's great, though. It just shows how the uh, the free stater community really does a great job at reaching out and, and helping those who are part of uh, the, the activist community to help them, you know, land on their feet in an event uh, in the event of the unexpected like this. So I have to ask. I mean, besides the obvious unwelcome uh, situation as far as the state uh, is concerned, how else do you have you felt since? your arrival in New Hampshire as far as uh, meeting uh, many of the activists. Uh, and I know you've come out to Social Sundays out here in the Keene region a couple times at this point. Uh, so yeah. your your observations outside of uh, all of the strife. Yeah, it's just great. You know, uh, I'm meeting up with people at the Social Sundays. There's the uh, uh, Taproom Tuesdays. It's really popular. And there's a Freedom Forum on Wednesdays. And there was a, there was a I can't say the word, Saturdays on uh, some other place. That I <laughs> yeah, like. I saw that one. S faced uh, Saturdays or something like that. <laughs> yeah, S. I don't know if that's. Uh, I don't know if that sounds like the most productive of activities, uh, but nonetheless, people do enjoy their fun. And uh, well, if there's uh, one thing's for sure, liberty-minded people, a lot of them tend to enjoy their alcohol. Right. It's a it's a way of connecting with people and uh, networking and uh, uh, getting on your feet when you've been. Uh, thrown out by the uh, powers that be. There are so many things to do. I mean, I think it's interesting. You're talking about Sundays, Saturdays, Mondays. I mean, you're talking about regularly scheduled events that happen fairly often. Uh, I think most of them are weekly. I don't know about the S-Face Saturdays. That seems pretty new. And usually uh, with but, tens of uh, you know liberty-minded individuals attending well, each of these. Yeah, I mean, we've been uh, at, at the Social Sundays recently. We've had a solid t- minimum of 20 people every single time. This week we were a little worried, though, because there was something big happening in, in Grafton, New Hampshire, 
uh, which is a, a small town where a number of liberty-minded people are essentially coalescing. Uh, there's a lot of good things going on there. But they were having, I guess, a, a birthday party and something else was being celebrated there. And so a lot of people were expected to leave the Keene area and go to Grafton, and a number of people did. So even though a whole bunch of folks had left the area and weren't available to go to Social Sundays, we still had a minimum of 15 people there uh, this week. So even on a low turnout day now, the turnout is far greater than we would have had a year ago. So it's been it's been a great experience for me so far over these last three years. I hope you continue to enjoy yourself and let us know what happens with your case. I thank you for the call, John. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's so, go to wait, before you go on. Yes. You were confused about intent on uh, trespassing, and John was uh, you know charged with trespassing, but clearly he didn't have an intent to trespass. And this is why I was yes, complaining, I about, um, complaining about the the officer. Now um, let me make make, make it a hundred percent clear. If you invite me onto your property, once I step on, you can't go. Hey, you're trespassing. Because because you invited me, right? But the question was, who owned the property? I mean, the person. Wait, 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 wait. Now, do you you, you do I, you yes, do agree? Yes, I see with what that. you're saying. Right. Yes. So, if you say, "Hey, that's my property across the street," will you go over there and wash the windows, or you know, repair the window, or whatever? Here's yeah. some money to go rep- go repair the window, or take the screen door off, or whatever. But it wasn't your property. You were engaging. Do in I have to do a title search every time I go repair <laughs> no. a window? See, it's about intent. It's not yeah. about whether or not I'm living in. You know, it's factual. Well, no, I understand that. But but if a cop if shows three, up and says, "What if three people own the, own your property and I and you call me to do some repairs? Do I have, have to, to call you?" Your wife at work in order to get her permission to. I mean, this I should is, hope not. This but, is ludicrous. Yeah, oh, no, I see where you're coming from, but but Mark, but if you are on that property and you believe rightfully so, and then all of a sudden a man with a badge and a gun comes on to say you need to get off this property, if you don't leave at that point. Then can it be said that you were uh, you were willingly on the property? You should I think have been that on? the man with the badge and the gun um, has a bur- burden of proof at that point. True, they did probably did not pull out any sort of right. evidence. And the the only proof that generally a man with a badge and a gun thinks that he needs is the badge and the gun. And indeed, that's what happened because they were arrested. Right. So you know, he says you're trespassing, and you say no, we're not, and that's it. You know, whoa, you've denied my authority. Let's continue with your calls. Dave is in Montana, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Dave, Montana, going once. Dave in Montana, going twice. Let's try Travis in West Virginia. Travis, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yes. Hey, Travis, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, um, I know that uh, you kind of wanted to kill the whole conversation about bureaucrats, but uh, there's a few more things going on that you haven't quite touched on yet. This is the organization that was once great, has been infiltrated by uh, the conservatives, and uh, is now currently being watered down and ruined. Go ahead. Yes, the one that died immediately upon my arrival there. I joined, like, Friday. Anyway, um, I got on, and I started talking to a few of the people, made a few friends, a bunch of friends, actually. And uh, there's one guy on there, um, Dan Patrick, I believe his name is. He has created a new bureau crash uh, with uh, the Ning website. And uh, so it's basically the exact same thing, only it's run by Dan instead of uh, <laughs> Mr. Lee Doran. So what is he calling this new website? Bureaucrash. How is he? How how is that possible? Don't don't they already have bureaucrash on the the Ning site? Um. Well. I guess not, because uh, that's what it's called. Um, I'm not sure. There might be a link. I think it's uh, bureaucrash.ning.com. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's Hmm. what it's called. Do you think that, uh, you know what I bet's going to happen here, Bureaucrash Social, I see he's named it the same thing. Yeah, it is bureaucrash.ning.com. I think that's because the Bureaucrash folks called it Bureaucrash Social. 
Ning.com. So uh, do you expect a lawsuit to happen here shortly uh, with CEI suing uh, one of our listeners, Dan Patrick, who is a listener and amplifier to the show? Well, I don't know, but all, if there is, all I'm going to do is just sit there and, well, obviously sympathize with uh, Mr. Patrick and give him all my support. But uh, it's almost kind of a humorous situation because Bureaucrash has gone from being such, from what I could tell, such a great outlet for libertarian activists such as ourselves to being, you know, it's suing the libertarian activists, using the government against them. Well, now, wait a minute. They haven't sued him uh, at this point, but they they might. You know, if it does happen. Yeah. Anyway, um, there's one other thing. Um, Me and another uh, member, or former member, I don't know if she deleted her account yet, uh, I'm probably butchering her name, uh, Nora Meta. We are... And a few of this, uh, we found um, we were chatting uh, with Lee on the bureaucrat chat, and Lee was being less than civil with us, um, talking about Ian Freeman and his anarchist purity rings. My an- my anarchist part. purity wait, rings. Now, what's that have to do with being less than um, cordial with you? Hold on, wait. Let me see if I got that straight. Did you say I had anarchist purity rings? That sounds like uh, almost about... like a uh, some sort of rash, like that I wouldn't want something like that. Uh, what does that even mean? I don't know his words. I, I don't know. He was just complaining about how everyone on Bureaucrash was an anarchist. And... That's, well, that's because that's true. the kind of organization that it is. It's, a, it's an organization of people who work outside the system um, and who are very, very uh, excited about freedom. So like that was the organization that he took over. Yeah, and he's online complaining about it and being, like I said, less than civil or doing a lot of arguing and he was in a rather heated argument. Really with, bringing um, people together there. He's really really bringing people together for the common purpose of uh, advancing freedom, huh? Yeah, I know, right? Anyway, um, one of the members took screenshots of the chat and uh, me and Noor are uh, uh, making transcripts of it as we speak and we're well, submitting them to see it. CEI and uh, some of the sponsors of Bureaucrats. So they can and, uh, see, so the, the the heads of the organization can see how this person is behaving on their behalf because he is essentially representing his parent organization, CEI, when he is, if he's being rude as you say he is, and it sounds like you've got the evidence to prove it, uh, I thank you for the call tonight. Good luck with that. If he is being as, as uh, rude as you say he is, then hopefully they'll take a, take some action, but I'm still, you know, done as far as, uh, my, my account is gone. I have left at this point. And I see where uh, Dan Patrick is coming from by creating the competing organization with the same name. I think it's funny. I think he's going to probably end up getting sued for it. Uh, And I think that I still don't want to promote an organization that could be confused easily with the original. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to child protective services. You're busted for possession of marijuana. Hi, I'm Barry Cooper, ex-narcotics officer trained by the DEA. My DVD, Never Get Busted, has recently received world attention. I switched sides and I'm now touring America with the message to end this war on people that has been labeled the war on drugs. Go to Barry's website, NeverGetBusted.com, and order your DVD to Never Get Busted. On it, I'll teach you secret drug enforcement. 
investment tactics and how to avoid narcotics profiling, how to conceal your stash, and I'll teach you how to fool drug dogs every time. I'll teach you how police know when you're lying. You'll get to go on patrol with me and watch actual marijuana arrest on the highway and learn the mistakes citizens made that landed them in jail. Go to NeverGetBusted.com and arm yourself with the information you need so you'll never have to hear these words. Get on the ground, mother You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to jail. Log on to NeverGetBusted.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. You know, I said we were going to talk about the Talkers New Media Seminar that we attended this weekend, Mark. We haven't had a chance to get to it just because it's a show about your calls, and they've just continued to roll in, which is great. Uh, but maybe we should do an extended AMP edition of the podcast I'm after up the for show. It. All right. Well, it, let's uh, let's see how things go this hour. We might do that uh, after the show, so those of you listening live may be able to continue listening later tonight after we're done with the radio show version. All right. Let's go to your phone calls and to Gene, who is in Tennessee on the AMP line. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live with Ina Mark. Yes, you forgot to announce me as the Christian anarchist. Oh, I don't always. Apologies. Uh, Gene, the Christian anarchist. Go ahead. Hey, um, uh, the long and the short of my trip to Canada. Uh, I'll give you a quick outline, and then we can go into any details you want. Quick question. Did you fly or drive? Oh, we drove. Well, we flew to uh, Seattle and then drove to, uh, to Vancouver. I see. In order to bring my wife's parents. To Vancouver to fly to China because we saved like, you know, five hundred dollars or something on the ticket. So wow! And then we got it. And then we got a trip out of uh, out of it. Besides, you know, it was five hundred dollars so, anyway. cheaper to fly from Vancouver as opposed to Seattle, or five hundred dollars cheaper to fly uh, from Vancouver instead of Tennessee. Yeah, five hundred dollars cheaper uh, as opposed to Tennessee. I see. But uh, but anyway, um, across the border in a rental car. And uh, the the quick story is they wouldn't let the Christian anarchist into Canada. I got rejected at the border and sent back, so I had to walk from the, the border station with my backpack and my computer case back to uh, Blaine, Washington, to find a hotel room, and I got stopped, of course, walking back by the immigration people, the, uh, home, the security green guys are in the green truck. So even though and, they uh, had told you to turn around and go away, or no, it was Canada that told you to turn around, not the U.S., right? Right. right. What, Canada, do you have a criminal right. record, Gene? What the, I'm not exactly sure what they were doing. It took two hours. They went through all of our van and all this stuff. They Jeez. Pulled, of course, they pulled us aside for special questioning. And uh, they, they checked through our vehicle, and then they started asking me a bunch of questions about when I was in Canada last and what I was, you know... Uh, indicating to me that, that they thought I'd been in Canada before. And I told them, you know, 15 years ago I drove through coming down from Alaska, but I hadn't been there since then. Mm-hmm. They seemed to indicate to me through the line of questioning that I had been. So I had seen those videos, and, uh, of course, I'm never what, much a one for speaking to cops anyway, and I'd seen those videos uh, that were posted on your bulletin board about never talking to the cops. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, I don't want to talk to you anymore about any of this stuff. This sounds like... Uh, you know, like some kind of an investigation. So yeah. uh, I'm not going to talk to you. And they said, well, we're doing an investigation. We're doing a, uh, a, 
investigation to see whether you can come into Canada. And I said, well, I don't want to go to Canada anymore. I, re I withdraw my request to go to Canada. Yeah, you guys suck. And, uh, yeah. Uh-oh. Say, say again, Gene, you're having some trouble over the cell phone. Against me. I said, uh, oh, darn it. It was getting to be a good story. I'm going to put Gene on hold. Hopefully he'll find a better cell you know, and um, we'll continue the story. But Gene's lucky here um, because I, when I cross the border into Canada, because I have a felony charge, it's not like they have a big signs that say, warning, if you have a felony <laughs> or some misdemeanors, you're going to turn jail. around now or, or you're going to go to jail. It's yeah. not like they ever gave me the option. Mm. They... You know, pulled me over into secondary screening, asked me some questions, threw my butt into jail. Um, the next day, I go in front of a magistrate. Thanks goodness, it was a day that you know that, that there was the next day somebody was working. Otherwise, it'd been three or four days. Who knows how long? In a Canadian uh, prison. God knows, <laughs> jail. Uh, nicest jail I've ever been. Um, but you know, it could have been a lot. Uh, it, it could have been a lot worse for Gene. And then they kicked me out. And of course, I had to go through the same things with the customs. And I, I gave the United States Customs people hell while I was coming back. Because what are they going to do? I you know. don't know. They could keep you out of the country. No, they couldn't. Oh, that's right, because Canada doesn't want you. Yeah. What would they do with you? Well, it's it's all bull crap anyway. This whole idea that you have to have a enhanced driver's license or, or a national passport. Idea, pass, passport to get back into America. Come on. Please, people. Are we that much uh, you know, a nation of sheep? Really? Yes. Yes. You think that the yes. customs agents yes. will keep you out of the United States? No, they but might they slow might for a few you down hours. a little bit. Right. They might for a few hours. And a few hours? Nobody's going to want that. Most people are not going to be willing to do that in the same way that most people are, are, while they don't like the TSA, at least most people I know, they don't like the TSA, but they're still going to go ahead and go through whatever well, the hoops they the need TSA, to jump through. With the TSA, you don't have any... What are, what are your options with the TSA? Obey or you don't get on your plane. Absolutely. I mean, that's it. If you don't let the TSA shake you down and in one manner or another, you're not going to fly through the air. So in this case, it's a little better because you will probably get back into the country, but if it's four to eight to 25 hours later, then it's a little inconvenient it is. to not Absolutely. completely bow down to the man. And that's the way they want it to be. They want it to be difficult uh, to resist. They want it to be difficult to live free. And so they're going to, uh, to inconvenience you by putting you in a jail cell, perhaps. Okay, so you don't have your passport. Well, you've broken the rules, and we've got a punishment for that. You're just going to have to stay here overnight. We'll let you out in the morning, then you can go home. You think about that the next time you come across the border. That's not how they're going to say they're going to, uh, you know, that's... That's, that's not the how, message. Right, that'll be the message. Yeah. No, what, they also, what they'll say is, sir, that's illegal, and you're going to before a magistrate, or whatever. Yeah, who knows? Here, stay in the cell overnight. 800-259-9231. Now, of course... That could be changed if enough people were to go through a checkpoint without ID and without uh, obeying their diktats and just basically say, fine, put me in your cell and then fill up all their cells. Then what are they going to do? But where are you going to where are you going to find? I don't that even know activists? that you'd have to fill up all their cells. I think just a few people um, standing up likely would. At this point, it's they're trying to ramp it up. And, and they if are. You, you know, if you can stomp on the little seedling before it gets a chance to grow, then, uh, you know, you, you'll have some success Kudos, however, by the way to the uh, the guys down at the freedom i think it's the freedoms phoenix crew that uh, is behind this the 4409 channel over at youtube if you go to it it's mostly a very pro-liberty channel except sometimes they'll go off on uh the so-called illegal immigrants which of course i disagree with them there but otherwise they're pretty liberty oriented and recently they've had some folks go out to some of the internal checkpoints that the border patrol is running down there with video cameras in fact i think it's being led by the pastor that was beaten to mm -hmm. a pulp by the the border patrol people, uh, he went down there with a group of his friends and and the people from I think Freedom's Phoenix 
I don't I don't know if it's for sure them, but it's their video channel. And they went down there and they recorded these border patrol thugs, basically not even uh, allowing them to walk through the uh, the checkpoint area. Like you're not even allowed to walk through the land that is uh, is supposedly yours. You're you're allowed to drive through, uh, but you can't walk through the checkpoint. And so this is an internal checkpoint. One of the internal checkpoints. Yeah, they went there and they got footage of uh, them being harassed uh, by the border patrol, and they really got in their face uh, with their cameras and with their questions and asked some really good questions. Of course, didn't really get much in the way of answers. Uh, well, yeah, not, it's the border patrol. It's government. They don't do. Right, they don't have to answer your questions. Uh, but it was. A, I think it was. It was great activism, and I think seeing more activism like that is uh, is what we need. But it's activism that's risky because those guys could have been arrested. They, it didn't look like anybody got arrested that day because eventually they did back down and they did go around instead of you know it, cutting. It, you through. don't have to get arrested in order to have done activism. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I'm I'm just saying they just they making didn't. it difficult for them. But if you put it, if you put somebody through a checkpoint without an identification when they're saying they demand identification, odds are high you could be arrested doing activism like that. So what I'm saying is, Mark, that in order to stop this tyranny, people are going to have to take risks that could result in people going behind bars. And because we just don't have enough people that are willing to take those risks yet all together in the same place, the sheep are pretty much in control and they're going to, to bow down and the, the wolves are in control of the sheep. And uh, the sheep are going to bow down, and that's what's going to happen most of uh, most all of the time. And there just aren't enough people to to wage a uh, to, to wage rather a full scale activist movement against these uh, these checkpoints. Well, there's there's enough people. They're just not one, ones willing to participate. Are you willing to? Nope. Okay. It's ones willing to participate. It's uh, oh, right. I don't know. What what's the question? I mean, will I go? Are you willing a... to go to jail for coming back to the country? I don't know. I don't know that what you're saying. So, Ian. I mean, I think that you're it's acting... It's not happening yet. Right. Well, that's the problem. But they just that's implemented it. That's what I'm it. suggesting. Get out there and do it now when you're not going to have any problems. But understand. Make it difficult on these bureaucrats. Make them wish that they could quit. But you yourself will not go and do that. What are you talking about? I go... If, if I have... Do you, you mean will I drive to the border to go through artificially? Oh, that's right. You wouldn't even make I go it to prison if I go to Canada. That's right. You would guarantee to go to prison. But others, they would... You admit, Mark, they would be taking a risk of going no, into a jail no, cell. No, they wouldn't. I disagree with you fully. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. Over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Not to mention that, but uh, Jason Osborne, the owner-operator of uh, SACL CAI, the big chief wahoo over there, is a huge supporter of Liberty. And, uh, you know, I, I, I must say, you know, we were talking about the, uh, the seatbelt situation uh, here in New Hampshire. You and Jason? Uh, well, you and we, we oh. on the, here on the air, Free okay. Talk Live, you, we're talking about the seatbelt situation. And I must say that Jason was pivotal in stopping that. How? I can't, well, I can't, I can't really be specific. Money. Uh, well, it wasn't money, no. No? No, it was, uh, it was a, it, special ability is that only Mr. Osborne has. Oh. 
but uh, I, I know what it was. Yes, I can't be I can't be terribly specific because well, the enemies of freedom they are everywhere and they are legion. But yeah, but they already they already know about Jason Osborne. They the enemies of freedom already know. Yeah, well, he's he, been investigated. Yes, he's had knocks on the door. His his brother has had his uh, his brother apparently is a statist and works with the, the, the military or something. He had a security clearance denied because he's brothers with Jason Osborne from Sickle <laughs> CAI. Well, um, I think that's a crappy reason to have a uh, security, uh, you know, denied. The government's crappy people, so you know what can you do? But I mean, I don't know. I don't know whether the man's a statist or not. I mean, it seems like a, a you know. I I haven't heard good things about him. Not that I've heard very much, but I haven't heard All right. things. I've heard great things about Jason. I love Jason Osborne. I was talking about his brother. I want to make that clear. <laughs> All right. Let's continue with your phone calls about what you want. We go back to Gene, the Christian anarchist in a better cell sounding uh, clear. Gene, you uh, went up to, were attempting to go to Vancouver with your family, and at the border you were told they didn't want you. It wasn't because you had a criminal record, because if you'd had a criminal record, as Mark says, you probably would have been arrested. They told you uh, they didn't want you there. You said, or, or actually, they started asking you a bunch of questions, and you basically said I've had it I'm not coming to your country anymore you turned around and walked away well it didn't it wasn't quite that easy we had to sit there for a grand total of two hours while they searched through our our uh, minivan and uh, went through our bags and all of this stuff they did eventually uh, ask me to sign a paper saying I was withdrawing my application and I said well I never applied to come into this country <laughs> anyway but I I signed their paper and I left and I said well you know because uh, they had my passport there and I said you know, I've been, to, I've been to Europe just a few months ago. I go to China all the time. I'm going next month. I said, you know, I can spend my money in other countries. I don't need to spend my money in your country. And they gave me a piece of paper that said, but you can fill this out and get an approval. And I said, you know, I don't even want to fill out your paper. Just keep it. And yeah. uh, so uh, at any rate. Uh, so they I were saying to, you could ask for permission. You could beg us for permission to allow you in. Right. So I had to grab my backpack and my computer case and walk back across the border. There's a park right between the two border stations. Mm -hmm. And I could not see any way to prevent somebody from just walking across that park, other than there's a bunch of cameras and stuff. But there were no fences. There were no anything, really. Um, so I don't think the border is very well protected. And there's a railroad track right next to it. I took some pictures of that because it looks like you could easily just walk down that railroad track and cross the border. Um Oh, there are plenty anyway, of places you can cross the border. I mean, it's thousands. Yeah, crossing of miles the border. Long. This is such a bugbear, such a such, such a bunch of nonsense, a phantom dilemma. So, I mean, the idea that well, we have to have border security because the terrorists could get in. It's nonsense. Uh, right. I mean, as I we don't have any control over Canada's uh, screening mechanism, but I imagine it's probably better than Mexico's or Honduras's or you know Uruguay's or any of these things. And it, I don't think it would take too much for the old terrorists to come into Tijuana and then mosey across the border. or It wouldn't take much to get across in the Canadian border either. I mean, remember the story I told when we came back from Canada, Julia and I, when we went on our vacation there. When we'd it's come not back, the border that's the issue with Canada. It's getting into the country through an airplane. You have to pretty much, you have to pretty much fly in an airplane to get into Canada. Okay. So anyway, when I came back across, I, I walked through this park. And I figured, well, you know, I never made it into Canada, so I don't have to walk through the uh, U.S. border station. And I didn't. I took a, a, a cut, I cut off to the uh, east, and I went through the park there. Mm -hmm. And as I came out in a parking lot, there was a guy in a green van there, a Homeland Security guy. Uh-oh. So he, so he pulls up, and he asked me what happened. I told him what happened. He said, uh, and I said, you know, those crazy Canadians, I don't need to go in, over there and spend my money if they don't want me over there. And he said, yeah, they're pretty stupid. 
Uh, Munch gun with me. <laughs> yeah, he agreed with he agreed with me. You know, the Canadians are weird. But then he told me to go ahead. And then a little while later, him and two other police cars or Homeland Security cars pull up to ask me more questions. Oh boy! Because they weren't quite satisfied uh, because they had called the radio on their radio to check on me, and they were given the story that I was rejected entrance into the United States rather than into Canada. So now they wanted to check me out and see if I was trying to enter the United States. And now, they how, said, no, here's how would this. they have gotten that? This is, I don't understand. How would the Canadian government have said that they um, rejected uh, entrance, reject, you know, didn't rejected giving you entrance oh. into the United States? No, it was the U.S. Border Patrol that they called, and the U.S. Border Patrol said I'd been rejected entrance. But you didn't United even States. talk to the Border Patrol. Yeah, they didn't know, right? They were just making it up. That's true. It was just a total a total error on their part. Then, That's because uh, they're the government. You know, I showed him the I showed him the paper I had to sign in Canada and all this stuff, and he says, "Oh yeah, okay, it looks like nothing." And they, these guys were actually pretty decent guys. They didn't, you know, act all rough and tough. You know, they didn't make me put my hands on the car and all this kind of junk. So they were they were actually pretty decent. Now, mind you, through this entire incident, I'm wearing a Ron Paul T-shirt and a Ron Paul for President hat. You're lucky you didn't have. I, you're lucky you didn't have a "Don't Tread on Me" T-shirt because that would have done it. You might have ended up in a gulag if that was the case. Now I don't think that really any my T-shirt and my hat had anything to do with them rejecting me going into Canada because they probably don't even know who Ron Paul is. But uh, anyway, uh, the, so they I let had you to go. Spend the night in a motel while my while yeah they finally let me go. My wife, of course, had been had driven on to Canada to bring her parents to the airport there, and then she picked me up the next day at the in Blaine, and we drove on home. What an awful situation. Yeah, though that cost me an additional expense of money in a hotel room and sitting there doing nothing for almost 24 hours. Man. But, uh, and Blaine, uh, Washington, if anybody goes to Blaine, Washington, I would say don't. There's nothing there. This, this town is so dead that I don't even know how the businesses stay open because I've walked around the streets I was the only person walking on the streets. Nobody was going to the businesses, and this Amazing. was on a weekday. Wow. The following day on a weekday. Nobody well, was going into the businesses. I'm glad you didn't end up in a jail cell, Gene, and thank you for the story tonight. I appreciate you sharing it with us. 800-259-9231. The point I was going to make earlier, Mark, about crossing the border into, Canada, uh, into the U.S. from Canada, if you were a terrorist... Or vice versa. To Canada from the U.S.? Right. Sure. See, this is the it, point is... Can't, the point I'm trying to make is yes, it is very. It's an extraordinarily porous border. It's sure. one of the largest borders in the world, and there's nothing they can do. Absolutely, that's not the issue. The issue is can the terrorist get into Canada, for, and from whence do they come? Canadian know, terrorists? Wherever. I have never heard of them. No, they didn't. They originally say that the, the so-called 9/11 terrorists uh, came in from Canada. Wasn't that the suggestion? I, I, maybe one or two of them did, but they had they had I, they stayed overstayed their visas. I don't know. It just it was suggested that terrorists could be coming from Canada. And they, all I'm saying the, is, the terrorists that came if here, if they want to come in, had, they were come legal. In. Yeah, whatever. If they want to sneak in, they can sneak in. If they want to come in legally, they can just falsify the information and come in legally. And if they get caught, they can just shoot the border guards and come really? in. Really? Our government's going to stop them? Free talk live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features on the site, they're free, including the Facebook page. Uh, we got ourselves a Facebook group, and there are over a 1,000 members within just two months of us uh, creating it. Thanks to Free Talk Live's Johnson for uh, putting that together. You can become a fan on the Facebook group by going to facebook.freetalklive.com. Audiblepodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's the only way you can get the free one is by using uh, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. This is really great for anybody who has a you know, good-sized commute to work. Just go over there to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL and look at the, some of the 60,000 books they have. Find some stuff that you're interested in and listen to that on the way to work. It, uh, you know, increase your, your, your uh, sort of literature quota or you can find more liberty-oriented books. Those kind of things. AudiblePodcast.com slash FTL. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We continue with your calls and go to Steve in Texas. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello there. Hi, Steve. Are you there? Uh, yeah, since June 1st, uh, they've passed this law that you're required to have a, a, a RFID license or a passport in I've already gotten two non-compliant uh, awards. Now, that's if you the the point you left out is they're requiring that you have a passport or RFID chipped federal ID uh, if you are trying to come back from Canada or Mexico. That is uh, the yes, law. Yes, I, I crossed the Mexican border twice already since June first, and before that, they used to tell you you needed a birth certificate. Mm-hmm. And I, all I would ever show them was a two-year-old driver, expired driver's license. That's all I got. <laughs> and I would ask them, and they'd say, you don't have your birth certificate with you? And I said, no, but I got a Costco card. Is that okay? <laughs> now, no, hold on. Didn't. Before you go on here, Ian was pointing out how you could go to jail if you tried this kind of I'm activism. I'm just saying you could. No, it's a possibility. No, 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 no jail. In fact, this... In fact, it almost seems like, you know, they, it, it doesn't have, it seems to me like they don't have any teeth to this at all because, you know, he, he, he's, it, it's almost like they're like little kids stomping and stammering trying to get me to get, get a, get their little passport. Thing. Yeah, why don't and you I, go buy our card, mister? No, I'm not going to do it. And, uh, I'm not going to say that. I just, say no i didn't didn't get one he says well why didn't you go get one and i said well, i haven't i just haven't gone and done it because i'm not a dupe he says well you're non-compliant do you do you understand that you're non-compliant then he no gives sir me a i little, don't understand he gives me a little non-compliant uh thing here it says you're not in <laughs> compliance with the secure document what is that just a eight, eight and a half by eleven or what is that no, it's it's just a little piece of paper. Like uh, it, it doesn't have any monetary. You know, it's not a ticket or nothing. It's it's just a piece of paper telling me I'm non-compliant. <laughs> I, I consider it a, a an award. I, I agree with you. Uh, so what does it say? Can you read the text? Some of it at least. Yeah, sure. Go it ahead. says U.S. and it says non-compliant on the top. And you've gotten two of these and, so far, right? Because you've crossed twice. Yes, I've okay. gotten two already. But, you are not in compliance with the secure document requirements that went into effect June first, two thousand nine. For entry into the United States. That makes you an illegal. 
Well, go ahead. Now, what, what kind of piece of paper Canadian. did what kind of piece of paper did they give you before when you'd come Nothing. through and try to show your Costco card and stuff like well, that? They tried to educate me and tell me that I needed to get one of these uh, passports. That's what how they much, were trying to do. How much time would uh, they spend uh, educating the guy with the Costco card? Oh, they they really tried. It was funny because they tried to make it. You know, it was it was almost like they were making an effort to try to show me. They were trying to make a hard time with me, and he said, "Okay, put your bag up here." And it was like it was it was like a joke. It was it, you just I set my bag up there, and he just did it to show me that he's giving me a hard time because I don't have my RFID. Right. So uh, if you don't fall in line, you're going to keep having a hard time. Now, so would you say that you spent more time being waylaid at this point than you did in the past? Are they taking up more of your time, or did it take about the oh. same amount of time? I I could care less if I I am taking up their time. I That's you know true. There's, there's, you are. There's no it just says here we're, we strongly recommend that you obtain an RFID strongly recommend. Yes. Now that's interesting language. It. Yeah, it is interesting and it seems to me I'm telling you it seems to me that this is no teeth. It seems to and, me you're right I about that. that. Maybe I'm going to take you. it back. I mean, they, they, I've heard they're going to start taking it more seriously and that they're letting people have a pass right now. But maybe you're right. Maybe down the line, it'll, they'll, well, what just, you, it'll what just does quiet. What does that mean they're going to take it more seriously? They're going to arrest me for not having an, uh, an RFID uh an RFID pass. All I suggested earlier was that they might, if they decided to get more serious about it, which is what they claim they're going to do. But there, there is the possibility that they'll just all of a sudden, you know, let it drop and they'll never get more serious about it, and they'll just quietly uh, let people like you through there, and uh, and well, that'll that was, be it. That was that was what happened with the uh, birth certificate. That they were enforcing it, and I did show a birth certificate once or twice, and uh, the last. Uh, I'd say eight times I crossed in the last oh, month or so. Uh, I didn't show anything except a, an old expired uh, driver's license. Now, um, you I know, showed. it's the, now, the difference. Now, the now difference here, Ian, is this isn't um, what he's what he's talking about. Isn't civil disobedience in the same way as what you were talking about? You're not going up to the border patrol agents and saying, "Up yours, pal. I'm not kidding. Your government Jewish." Gassing card thing. I'm no, not I'm gonna. Not. I'm not taking the number of the beast. I mean, you're, you're I'm not, not gonna do that. But but if I was pushed real hard, I did have my birth certificate in my wallet, hidden inside my wallet. Sure. And on the advice of a uh, an ex police officer, he said, just carry your your birth certificate in your wallet, and if it push comes to shove and you don't want to go to jail that day, then you can discover your birth certificate. Yeah, there you go. That, that, that's, that sounds just exactly the right way to go about it. And I'm just saying that you can gum up their system by just choosing not to get this silly little uh, passport thing. Now, I obviously c- cannot participate in this, but yeah. anybody else, there's no reason to go paying the money for this. So so the letter that they gave you, the, the notice or whatever that gave you that, that, that said you've been a naughty boy, uh, said they only recommend that you, you get a passport? It didn't even say, yeah, like, and, you'll be subject and, to penalties or anything like that, huh? Well, he did say, he did say uh, on, on the last time I crossed and I was leaving, he did say, and if you don't get a receipt for one... I'm going to fingerprint you the next time. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. It is very silly, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, 
don't fingerprint me. Yeah, that's supposed to be intimidating to somebody. I mean, at, at least to somebody like us, it's not intimidating in the least. But to somebody who is just your average sheeple, that would probably be quite uh, quite intimidating to them. Well, the other thing, too, is if you're yeah, now I'm on foot. Now, if you're in a car, it's possible they could uh, have your, you know, put, steal you, your car. put you in a cage and steal your car and mm. make you pay that way. And ah, the, I didn't so, realize you were on foot. Now, are you just going over yeah. there for fun or business or what recreation? What do you... um, well, it's personal reasons. Uh, packing marijuana over across the border. What? You what? Go. <laughs> My God, you know, it, it's funny you say that because it, there's. On the way there and back, you get searched by about five uh, five checkpoints through really? Mexican soldiers. Check you, pat you down. Wow! Uh, it's 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 turned into a total uh, total military police state in Mexico. Man. It's unbelievable. It is it is it is just horrible. And uh, this war on on drugs and this war on the uh, Mexican people, but that is being waged by Comandante Calderon, is is turning Mexico into a total hellhole. It is it is unbelievable how uh, how awful it is. I'm sorry to hear that, but I am glad to hear your story, and it's encouraging. And I thank you for the call tonight. Uh, 1-800-259-9231, basically saying that for him, at least so far, the new so-called requirement to have a passport or, or another federal ID when you are coming back into the United States from Canada or Mexico has had no teeth. In fact, it's been laughably pathetic. Uh, so interesting. And hopefully you'll share with us your story if you decide to brave the border without the papers that they're supposedly requiring, but doesn't sound like it so much. 800-259-9231 is our number. Moments remain. Enough time for your call. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call if you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. For as little as three bucks a month, you can help us get on more show, uh, more radio stations, bring the show to more people, more ears around the world on the Internet as well. Get all the details. By the way, we just started advertising on Facebook for the first time last week. Oh, cool. I haven't had a chance to really look at the results, but it did uh, cost us some money last week, so that's a good sign. <laughs> Money means people clicked on the ad. That's so, good news. Yeah. So, uh, free, so amp.freetalklive.com. Become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, and more. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Let's continue with your phone calls. Rob is in Ontario. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rob. Rob in Ontario. Are you there, sir? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, you're on the air. All right. I uh, Just for fun, I went to that uh, lead and murder LennonMurderTruth.com, the site promoted uh, very extensively and effectively, I would say, by its uh, conspiratorial kind of paranoid and crazy uh, website operator, Steve, what's his name, Steve somebody, Uh, Steve Lightfoot, yeah, and uh, he's uh, he's the man who calls this show, uh, masquerades as somebody else, and then reveals that he's actually Steve Lightfoot promoting his website. And his website suggests that it was John Lennon who was actually murdered by Stephen King, the author at the behest of Richard Nixon or something. And Ronald Reagan. 
Yeah, and he, so. the, the, the most exciting part is that he found out about this, discovered the truth of this by uh, taking like the first letters from headlines and nature <laughs> newspapers. Time magazine, and, yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah, very, very interesting. Go ahead with your thoughts, well, sir. Well, I was reading, you know, I was trying to get a, a sense of where he's going, and then finally I went to about the author, and it's just a bunch of rambling, and he's trying oh, to. Oh, he's connect, nuts. He's trying to connect the fact that he lived with some paranoid, uh, <laughs> obsessive liar. A, a woman, uh-huh. and that because of that experience, he became highly attuned to uh, government plots and things like that. And it, it, it's, it's very sad. <laughs> you know, I can only imagine the kind of people that somebody like Steve Lightfoot would attract, uh, as far as to him to be uh, a company with him and be friends with him. And uh, very, I can't even uh, even begin to imagine the other roommates he's had over over the the course of his lifetime. Uh, it, you know, the guy's obviously uh, nuts, in my opinion, uh, but uh, n- nonetheless, crazy people can make for interesting radio and for interesting uh, reading on the web. Well, yeah, I and mean, you know what? He has his right to his opinion. Sure. It's just, it's just too bad that it's all jumbled, and uh, to, to the I think to the average person looking at it, you've you got to wonder, oh, my God, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah, you can pretty much identify the crazier websites uh, because they just keep rambling and rambling and rambling and going on and on and on. Timecube.com, of course, uh, one of my favorite examples of uh, of a crazy man's website. Uh, but it's, it, I don't know, it's, it's it's just amazing that people can can go that direction, can go that far. But I guess if you don't have other people that are around you to provide you with a reality check, uh, you can go off in all kinds of uh, crazy directions. I mean, if, if he's hermitous and uh, doesn't uh, interact with other people on a semi-regular basis, who's going to uh, call him onto the carpet? And especially and if all he's to, hanging out with are people that are equally as nuts. It just goes to show you have to use critical thinking when you see anything you know, on newspaper, TV, or the Internet. I mean, just looking at something on the Internet and thinking, oh, it's there, it must be true. Uh, you know, you've, you've really got to, as I say, use your critical thinking skills, and no matter what you're looking at, I mean, that, that sort of I agree. Out at you, but uh, I think people should be critical when they listen to this show or any other show or whether they're watching something on television or whether they're reading a blog site. You never know who's going to be giving you accurate information, and it yeah. behooves you to, to check and verify. And if you don't, well, then you're at their whim. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Let us talk to Warren in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Warren. Yeah, hello. How are you, how are you guys doing tonight? Hey, Warren, great. What's on your mind, sir? Yeah, what I, what I need to know, it's, kind of, it's important. And uh, you know the court system, correct? Do I know the what? Court court system. The court system. I know it exists. I I know of it. I don't know it uh, intimately. Like the district courts, uh, the family courts, they're contract courts. In other words, they don't have the authority until you start signing papers. Yeah, that's. I uh, don't know about all that because uh, I never contracted with the district court here in Keene, New Hampshire, and they didn't have a problem putting me into a jail cell. Yeah, I understand that. But what I'm saying is. Uh, how much of the, do you know what a real court is, like a constitutional court? How about Let the, me guess. Uh, it's I, one without a gold fringe on I, the flag. I know it has to do with the gold fringe on the flag. So does that, if it has the gold fringe, does that mean it's uh, not a constitutional court? I don't know. That's, some, that's just something some of the paranoiacs have said when they've called over the years. Okay, what I'm saying is I, I got served with this, it says service copy, domestic violence, temporary order of protection. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering what kind of weight does this have? I mean, I I don't know. Did you hit and, somebody? Uh, yeah. You did hit somebody? No, I didn't hit anybody. I never even got arrested. So why? How are they hitting you with a domestic violence protection order? 
Well, the woman I was living with for 18 years, she left on a Friday. And she, and she left me and my our son here the whole weekend. Okay. She called Monday morning. She asked him if, if, if he would come live with her. And he kept saying, no, 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 he's 14. And then I got served with these papers at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, and the papers uh, are, are, are basically telling you to stay away from this woman? Yeah, yeah, and that uh, she has temporary custody and all this stuff. But what I'm saying is... Uh, so wait, you had a baby with the woman you lived with for 18 years? Is the woman you were in love with at one point? Yeah, Okay. exactly. The baby is she, she 14 years old. Pardon? I, I, my my partner's, you know, not take, doesn't seem to be acknowledging that this child's 14 years old. No, no, no. I, and I custody to... of the child has been granted to the courts. And whether he had signed some kind of government, uh, you know, uh, marriage or not, I mean, the, the, I, what, what was this guy to do? It sounds to me like she ran to the cops and told some kind of story, and he got his a, kid taken away as a result. I didn't say it was a baby. I asked if he'd had a baby with her. He brought a, uh, he and sounds... why was that bad? No, no, I, just, I was just asking if they it had a kid like together. It sounds like accusatory tone that you had going. I don't know what you're talking about. I just asked him if he, if, it, if he had a baby with her because the way he referred to her was the woman he'd lived with for 18 years, not, you know, my ex-girlfriend or my ex-wife or, you know, it didn't sound like there That's was That's not much... how I got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, so what, what is it, the, the question that you're asking tonight? I'm asking, what kind of weight does this have? I mean... It has a lot. The weight of men with guns, sir. But this restraining order... Then it says we have a hearing Wednesday. Uh, okay, I will explain to you. The, the weight that it has is that men with guns are going to come and take you into their custody if you don't go and show up at the, uh, the place they say that you need to show up at. It has the, the weight of men with guns behind it. Whether or not it was legal or whether or not it was from a legitimate court system or whether or not the justice system has any legitimacy at all, not issues here. The issue is these men with guns are not going to hesitate to use them against you if they need to. Okay, uh... What, what, and then they say they have a hearing. Now, I always thought, I, this is what I'm trying to get across here. Usually you charge criminally, and then if you're found not guilty be, uh, before a jury appears, then you have the right to sue the prosecutor and things like that. This just says a hearing. In other words, they'll make all the decisions. No. It's probably an arraignment. Have you been? Has there been an arraignment yet? Is this the first paperwork you've gotten, right? Yeah, and, and it's it, it, what it is is that... Domestic violence, temporary order of protection. And uh, uh, I'll tell in you, our 18 years, there's never been anything. My, my ex- I mean, right, I understand, I understand where you're coming from. My experience with this, uh, what, what I would, would, would suggest here, Warren, is that if you... Uh, that, that you accept the court's uh, legitimacy because, believe me, the judge accepts the court's legitimacy and the prosecutor and the people that will come and take your kids um, away, your kid away from you, they accept the court's legitimacy. So I don't think that they're – I'm not of the opinion that this whole, you know, uh, th- th- this true that, that one signs contracts with the court and accepts their services or anything like that. And I've seen evidence uh, to the contrary – I would say that what I would do is uh, explain to people that your son, you know, let your son explain he didn't want to go with his mom, his mom left, and uh, that suddenly you got served with a restraining order after your son said he didn't want to leave. And it looks to me like she's just trying to smear me, Your Honor. If you don't show up, the men with guns are going to show up with another piece of paper that says warrant for your arrest, 
failure to appear for the reason. Uh, I agree with you that the courts aren't legitimate. I think they're a bunch of uh, coercive thugs enforcing their way upon a bunch of peaceful people and, and, and occasionally some violent people, too. Uh, but I think that they are, they're thuggish and violent in the way that they do business, and I would prefer to not have to do business with them. But I do understand that I'll be hurt if I do not. I don't believe that makes them legitimate in any way, shape, or form, nor will I ever believe that they're legitimate as long as they use uh, violence against peaceful people. But until they stop using that violence, there's no way I can uh, I cannot cooperate with them and avoid being hurt by them because they will send men to come and hurt me. I thank you for the call and good luck out there. Uh, yeah, I apologize, Mark, for uh, for not uh, communicating effectively there. It, it sounded to me like he was like the, the, when he opened the call. It sounded like the woman wasn't even his wife or anything. Like that. It was just like the woman he'd roomed with for 18 years. The way he referred to her was very well, callous. When you live with Which, someone, I don't blame him because it sounds like she's probably a uh, biatch. All right, uh, coming up here in moments. If you are online, you will be able to continue to listen to us, radio audience. Good night. We'll see you tomorrow. Online uh, edition continues in moments. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. VARadio.com. The extended podcast only, internet only edition of the program brought to you by Free Talk Live's AMP program and SACL CAI. We uh, are here able to take phone calls if you dial in. This is not toll-free, but you can call it 603-435-1105. That is the special bonus edition phone number that will get you on the air, 603-435-1105. And actually, we had a call on hold uh, on the amp lines. I was going to take it, but it dropped off. Uh, Todd, if you're still listening in, you're certainly welcome to call back. 603-435-1105. Lots to talk about here on the extended edition of the program. Uh, chat room is open. People are in there at chat.freetalklive.com. Chat room, of course, open. Someone was asking in there tonight, is this open after the show is over? Yes. The chat room, the new chat room, is open 24 hours a day, seven days per week. It is the Liberty Radio Network chat room, actually. That's what it's labeled is uh, pound LRN on the uh, the IRC server there that it's on. So it's open all the time. So come on in. You can uh, you can go into the chat room during Free Minds Radio on Sunday afternoons. You can listen live during Free Talk Live, or if it's 4 a.m., you can go into the chat room and Odds are good no one's going to be there. Of course, you'll see people in there because one of the most annoying features about chat rooms on the Internet is that people will just sit there. They'll leave themselves logged into the chat room and they'll just what's called idle. 
They'll just sit there. They're not their person. Their chat person is in there, but their real person is somewhere else doing sleeping or doing whatever but it is. They're I doing. wish uh, you know. I wish that they you know the Facebook has a nice feature there. If you're not active on uh, Facebook right then with this uh, like the, the buddy list or whatever it is, it'll put a little uh, little little moon next to you as though you're sleeping. So you you don't have the expectation that people are uh, are on there because it it's a strange feeling to pop into a chat room. Not that I've been in one uh, recently, but uh, I've certainly had this happen before. You pop in, you say, and there's oh, there's ten people in here. You pop in and say, hey, uh, how's everybody doing, or something like that, and then mm, nobody answers ever. Yeah, right now there are thirty six idlers and four people who are actually active in the chat room. So, I mean, you're talking How about do you know the, whether they're I- it says okay it says have you ever even been in the new chat room? No. Mark? You used to go in the old chat room sometimes. What do you got against this new chat room? I just don't have. Uh, sorry, I'm not interested. It's it's whatever whatever it is you're doing with the chat room does not attract me. Why why would you have gone into the old chat room but not this chat room? Perhaps I had less to do. <laughs> you all you ever do during the breaks is play Risk or whatever, or some button smashing, some mindless button smashing game. What, I do love a good button. What is the smasher. button smasher that you play? Do you have uh, more than one? Uh, yes. Name them off. What are you playing? Um, I like to. There's one called World Wars or something like that. Terrible, uh-huh. terrible game for a Quaker. World Wars. Um, but uh, it's a, <laughs> wait. Is it against addicting... Quakerism to play violent video games? Uh, no, it's not. But I, I just I, it, it it convicts me when I when I uh, think about these things. But this one's really just sort of like Risk. You know, okay. numbers attack numbers. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, there's no war going on. <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, let's, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the talkers thing, because we never got to t- the talkers thing. You've got an email. I got two I that I want to get to the email and the phone lines. We've actually already got a call on the line, so let's go to the amp lines. Uh, who's this? You're on the air. Free Talk Live. Bonus show. Hey, it's me, Ian, Todd, Todd. Michigan. I didn't know you guys were going to do an after-show uh, edition. No, we so didn't know either till the end, uh, till the last hour, so go ahead. Okay, um, I just wanted to comment on what happened with Bearcrash. I've already blogged about Bearcrash today. It's already up. Uh, I've already announced to you, Ian, up where? that you already left Bearcrash social. Up where, uh, Todd? You've got to promo Liberty, these things. Okay, uh, libertyring.blogspot.com and thefreemanchronicles.com. So that's the, 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 the two blogs where you can find them. One blog is not uh, enough for Todd. Hey. I'm on the net, dude. That's all there is. To <laughs> You're it. all over the net. So what? What about yes, it, man? I, I mean, were you just calling to announce your blog, or did you have something else you want to talk about? Well, I, I wasn't gonna. Um, I wasn't necessarily gonna call him about the blog, although I was just mentioning that my blogs were up on um, on that entire issue. But I want to take issue um, to a certain extent with Mark. Mark, I sympathize with your argument about. You know, being, Ooh, you're only getting um, sympathy, Mark. No empathy from Todd. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Go ahead. I, Bless I, your I, heart. I sympathize to a certain extent. Um, I, I really will say that I don't really agree with you saying that, um, okay, because beer crash is basically, you know, it's, it's not, um, it's not your, your account or what have you. It's not your site. That's fine if you want to take that position. But my issue with beer crash is that when it when it continues to fall under the rubric of libertarian, the label libertarian, and it starts to mesh conservative and libertarian ideas and, and neocon ideas, if you will, then it becomes a problem in my book. Unfortunately, when you look at 
Lee Doran. I mean, this no, this netwit who was on your show a few days ago, who basically kept being very hypocritical on the issues. He was really, you know, um, contradicting himself. I mean, at one point, he didn't even know uh, what his opinion on was the military budget. And I know you excoriated the guy on that one, which was a good job, by the way. Well, I, I wish I'd have been a little better is, at it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think this guy, I, I think this guy really need to, uh, th- this guy really need to be uh, stomped over ideologically. We are basically engaged in an ideological war right now with bureaucrats. And I'm not. I've withdrawn myself. Uh, I'm not engaging in any war. I'm not in- interested in conflict. I'm not interested in fighting over bureaucrats. And that's the reason why I decided to leave. Well, and I know, Mark, you said it was fine, a waste. Ian. I know, Mark, told me it was that's a waste of my time to go press the leave, close account button. I, I've already, I, I've already deleted uh, my profile on bureaucrats social. Uh, so um, I basically want nothing to do with the organization as a whole. Uh, Todd, I don't have any dispute with any of those things. My dispute is that Bureaucrash, unfortunately, was basically a T-shirt and sticker vending company, okay? That um, it was an anarchist sticker vending. That vend- may be true. A, a sticker T-shirt company. That's not true. That's- Pete, Pete Ayer went out and he confronted some cops once on video, and or twice, once or twice on video, and he did a great job He's of that. He's getting paid, for they God's did- sakes, to be the in, in, the, in charge that- of the anarchist uh, sticker, they- sticker company. I mean, of course they- he wants to promote the promo them. And they had the, uh, the little Thomas Jefferson. Dance that's party point, thing. Mark. What's this? I mean, look, I, I understand what you're saying there. You're right. It is to a certain extent a T-shirt sticker button organization. But if you really not... want to go in that direction, however, I, I do think th- this is the case here. Bear Crash is laboring under the delusion, and this is CEI's fault, by the way. And you can't really blame um, Lee Doran for. Uh, for being the head of the chief, although he could have denied um, taking the job. He could have said, no, I'm not interested. You guys are too libertarian. To why, would, why in the world would Lee do that? I mean, <laughs> why would some, uh, why would, a, uh, you know, the, this guy, this Republican lawyer. I'm speaking hypothetically. It's, 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 it's I'm, ridiculous. I'm, I mean, he would never do that. I, I, well, okay, fine. He <laughs> probably wouldn't do that. All right, so where's but, this conversation going, Todd? My conversation here going with this is that I think people should just basically let Bear Crash go, forget about it, because it's, it's done for. Yes, that's what I'm saying, Todd. This is what I've been saying, and the fact is, we, uh, this, this show but, has spent three days talking about it. Uh, th- this is the most promoing bureaucrash has had since I heard about the organization. That's all true. The, the bureaucrash is an, it was an insignificant organization that I, had I very little agree. to do with, with voluntary action. I don't agree with it. I don't agree that they were insignificant. I would say I've seen more activists in bureaucrash t-shirts than I've seen in free talk They're live They're a t-shirt t-shirts. company. That's, of course you've seen but the activists in don't say they're insignificant. They're, they're very successful at spreading their Brand. They could have gone into Cafe Press instead of employing people. The, the Cafe problem... Press product sucks. If what, you want a good whatever. product, you have, have to no do idea. your own product. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. But they're. they're I, I'm sorry. But I agree. We insignificance. Should... Well, so is the Cato Institute in some respect. I mean, the Cato well, Institute gets a lot of press. So they get a lot of press too. They're not exactly a libertarian organization like they used to. Well, they stopped they, being they, a libertarian organization when Bush came into power. Yeah, pr- it's, probably it's true. true. I don't know. I don't know. 
know. I haven't. I don't know that much about Look, Cato. I but agree. They did We're put all out in agreement a, here. Okay. We're all in agreement that, uh, that people. I just that, don't. I, I I don't know why anybody cares. Why anybody cares? Why does cares? anybody care? You, it, this is okay. Let me answer that question. The reason why people like Todd and I are concerned about what has happened to bureaucrats is because we're seeing history repeat it's not itself. Just about it's not just about beer crash. It's about it's a general takeover the- of liberty-oriented organizations by these conservative types who've it's come in time exactly. and time again. First it happened, right. First it happened with the, with the Libertarian Party. Then pretty much happened with the Tea Parties, although that was a joke all in itself. Next it's beer crash. What organization is next happening? I mean, the libertarian movement has pretty much been taken, been infiltrated, completely by a lot of subverted. And I think the wearing... important point here, Todd, is to, is that look, we're pointing out to people: look, it happened to the Libertarian Party, it's happened to bureaucrats, and what needs to happen now is activists need to start their own organization from a grassroots, not counting on CEI or some other big money group out there to fund them, to start it from the grassroots, so it can't be taken over or make it far more difficult to have an organization infiltrated because if we're going to spend time building an organization and putting our time and effort and money behind promoting it and just to have some other Lee Doran come in five years later and take it over... Then it's then it's all been a waste of time. So I think it's time the activists stop wasting their time with and organizations like this and start building their own from scratch. And I think that's what I, they're doing. I totally agree with you, Ian. And Mark, don't take it personally. I'm not trying to bash you. Oh anything. no, I'm not. I, mean, I, I just don't under this. This is the thing. Two hundred. Don't understand. You haven't been involved. Four hundred people will leave bureaucrats and they'll go start free agents or anarch me or whatever. And you will have the vast majority of them likely in New Hampshire within the next two or three years. Good. And the rest of them will. Will do what? The same thing they did okay. a bureaucrat, which is nothing. So, Mark, okay, fair enough, Mark. Now, what if? And I'm not saying it will happen. I don't think it will ever likely happen because the Free State Project is a decentralized organization by itself. But what if, hypothetically speaking, a neocon was elected to head the Free State Project? Um, and I'm not saying that it will happen. Of course. Well, I would like have I to said, disavow my. Uh, I would have to disavow any association with it, and I would refuse to uh, to go to any of their. Uh, to, to go to any of their events anymore, you know, the Free State Project is is less of an issue because they aren't really an activist organization. It's just a bus. It's just that's, an idea to bring people here to New Hampshire. And you know, there are that's, still people who are in, involved with the Free State Project on a board members level that are definitely minarchists. They're certainly not Nazis or anything like that, but uh, but they are minarchists, so they're not completely ideologically in line with me. But that to me isn't as big of an issue because. It's uh, the, the, uh, because I signed the statement of intent, and it is essentially a met minimum minarchist statement of intent. So I've already signed on board with what I know to be a small government to no government organization. I'm I'm comfortable with that because that was the organization I joined. It wasn't subverted in any way. Could it be subverted? There is no elections process, so there's be. no there's no way for them to game it like that. The only way to get on the Free State Project board is to be sort of in the loop with the Free State Project to sort of make a name for yourself within the group of activists that is promoting the Free State Project and then have the board appoint you. So it's a very uh, insular situation, which many have critiqued it for being that, but the the Free State Project I don't I don't think is is uh, really at risk of a of a takeover. Todd, thanks for the call. As always, we're going to move on. Uh, the number here tonight six zero three four three five eleven zero five six zero three four three five eleven. I think the point that I want to make here is that I find um, out of uh, out of system uh, activism to be uh, in some way it's kind of ugly to me. Secondly, I find it you know I'm not so sure about its effectiveness. What I'm sure of about it is that. 
the ugliness doesn't diminish when there's only like one or a few a handful of people inside of a state or you know a locality doing it and the effectiveness does drop i think that if you have uh you know out of if you're doing this out of system activists this civil disobedience whatever it is that you need to do it around people and if you're not then it's not really working so you know, I, the bureaucrat is largely an out-of-system operation, and I don't, I, you know, it it never has tickled my fancy. You know, I, what I mean, I understand where you're coming from, and I share your critiques. So I just far, don't care. I, I, look, I share your critiques of bureaucrat. It was not the uh, the most activist that it could have been, but it was good for bringing young people to the the message of liberty, and I thought that was great. And I thought the 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 logos and the T-shirts and all of that, all of that has some value. And I think that it's a, it's sad to lose it from the, the, it was, the group it, of liberty uh, organizations. But, and and the other thing that I'd like to point out here is that, unfortunately, there, it's a cascade of uh, circumstances. You know, Lee Doran being appointed there, uh, it's not Lee's fault. Lee got a job offer, and Lee is taking it. Mm-hmm. He's going to be getting a paycheck out of this deal. Um, so, you know, and, and he wants to move up in the, the Washington, uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, stepladder. And so he's going to take this organization organization of uh, rabble rousers and turn it into something uh, that people can be proud of. So whatever, that's fine. The the war was lost when bureaucrash didn't have the funding from the get-go to survive on its own and had to be essentially sold to CEI. You know, bureaucrash was going to disappear when under Jason Talley, what, in 2005 or something like that? Or yeah. it could be sold to CEI, in which case three or four years, four years later, they then take the brand name and besmirch it. Well, the, the war was lost already. Why are we complaining? Hey, man, I'm just or I am just pointing I mean, out the people who could have written checks are complaining now. Just pointing out. Shut up and get out another, your checkbook. Another organization has been subverted. It's time to do something different. And that's what's happening. Okay, so it's over, Mark. All right, the number six zero three four three five eleven zero five bonus edition of the show. And I know that uh, you know, somebody's suggesting here in the chat room, Mark, that uh, you need a beer. Yeah, probably. You know, we could actually do that because uh, we we are not on the air anymore on radios uh, on uh, commercial radio stations. We may be on a pirate station or two at the moment. Uh, but since we're not on the air at commercial radio stations, it's not technically uh, against FCC regs to uh, to drink on the air. I, I I don't drink on the air. Oh, okay. Still still going to hold to your rules. Yep. Okay. Uh, so we're going to continue here in moments. If you don't stick by your principles, Ian, look what the hell happens. <laughs> Some guy like Lee Doran comes in and takes over. <laughs> I don't know if there's a principle uh, to not drinking on. See, uh, this the is air. the thing. You only believe that liberty is a principle. <laughs> God, what a single-minded dude you are! I didn't yes, know that it was. A I principle, have a principle Mark. that I don't. I do not consume I, alcohol before the show. You mean behind the microphone? You don't consume alcohol behind the microphone. I don't and drink before, before the, show. the show. And before, but it's, it's not before the show anymore. It's during the after show. Right. It is. I. I don't. I'm not consuming alcohol. So, that's right. So that's you're just the principle. You're making. You're just clarifying your beliefs. All right. So uh, we're gonna come back here in moments because I'm. I've run out of water, and uh, we'll be uh, back here with more extended edition. Okay, we're back. Uh, I don't have any music beds or anything like that because I wasn't really planning on taking breaks. Normally, we don't take breaks uh, during the extended edition of the no. show, so I kind of had to jury rig that particular one. Uh, the number is 603-435-1105. If it's busy, well, you'll just have to call back. Uh, folks, a little more people in the chat room right now, chat.freetalklive.com. Excuse me. Uh, the Freaking Chat is a different chat room. 
What were you going to say, Mark? I said there's a few more people. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, Emails. let's go to the... What, we got another call. Okay, go to the go to the call. Who is this? You are on the extended edition of Free Talk Live. Hello, this is Jeremy in Rhode Island. Hey, Jeremy. Um, I want to call in and ask about the Talkers New Media Seminar oh. <laughs> and how that went on. Did you guys, you know, kind of argue the whole way down, or how'd that go? Did we argue? That, you mean as far as in the car? <laughs> yeah, because no. you two tonight have been wow. No, I, we actually slept together. I probably uh, this time around. Yeah, <laughs> right. We. Huh? I had this. Yeah, distinct pleasure of sleeping in the same bed as Ian. I think I saw your genitalia, Mark, but I'm not positive about that. I think I woke up on uh, Saturday morning, and I th- I thought you went to bed with boxers on, and, and when you got out of bed, you still had boxers on, but were you sleeping naked? No. Okay. I could have sworn I saw it. I, out of the corner of my eye, I could have sworn something I saw sticking something. Up. Yeah, some black, hairy mess. Dear God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, we snuggled. Actually, I'm kidding. We didn't snuggle, but we did uh, occupy the same bed together. But that really wasn't the uh, the big the big news from Thank the weekend. God. I mean, besides the fact that uh, we had the highest, uh, the greatest exposure level I think that we've ever had. I believe this was our fourth year at the Talkers New Media Seminar. It's hard to believe, Mark, that we've been going for uh, that that many years at this mm-hmm. point. But it, it, I think it's been four years. I think we started in 2006, didn't we? 2006. I, I don't know. Wait. Six, seven, eight. Yeah, fourth it's year. It's been four years. I know that much. Uh, yep. So, uh, th- so it was our fourth year, and we had some great exposure. I was able to speak. I was uh, the introduction speaker for the internet panel, which Michael Harrison, the publisher of Talkers Magazine, said he considered to be the most important panel. So I had the honor of introducing him as the moderator. I didn't find it to be the best panel that was out there, but... Uh, Whoa, we lost Jeremy. Yeah, sorry. He was just requesting a topic. Yeah, he was requesting a topic. So um, I didn't find it to be the best panel, but I know that a lot of people considered it very important. We got a lot. Of, I got feedback on it. Um, just people seeing, you know, my name. Uh, they, you know, they they knew that you had done the uh, the the introduction there, and so they, um, you know, they they asked me questions about the internet. Oh, great, so good. I got. I, we got a lot of feedback because of uh, you speaking, and I don't know. Um, I don't. Nobody really commented on the uh, name badge thing to me, but I'm sure that people nah. had to see it. Yeah, I'm sure people saw that we did sponsor the name badges, so everybody that was there, well, well almost everybody was wearing the name badge. I don't think I ever saw Sean Hannity wearing it though. So uh, apparently, if you're big enough of a host, you don't have to wear the name badge. Uh, and I don't think Rush Limbaugh had one on either, because Rush Limbaugh did actually make an appearance, which yep. was very His rare. His speech was great. Uh, the first time we saw Rush was four years ago when we were at the R&R convention, which they are, by the way, now out of business. So there'll be no more R&R conventions. And the, coincidentally, R&R went out of business the year uh, the year that we decided to stop going. Because we didn't go to R&R's convention this year. No, and they went out of business. I didn't go last year either. Uh, so, yeah, we saw Rush Limbaugh four years ago, and now he appeared to accept the Freedom of Speech Award at this year's Talkers convention. Gave a pretty good speech. I really enjoyed it. This he stayed off of the topics of uh, conservatism, stayed on the co- topics of free speech, which is the a business. free speech. Yeah, it's yeah, business and free speech. Thank and, goodness. Rush Limbaugh knows how to stay on a damn topic, unlike Laura Ingram. This is where it went who, off the rails, folks. Who was completely batshit insane. <laughs> uh, okay, when you're at these conventions, they have open bar parties. Yes. And I don't know if she was drunk or anything like that. Maybe this is just Laura Ingram and how she is. I don't know. Uh, but but essentially, I just have to reset all of this, right? Because people might not know who Laura Ingram is. She's like the most popular female, female talk host. show host. She's basically a female involved. Fourth largest. I don't know if she's, she's big. She's big. No she's doubt big. about it. 
Uh, and so she's she's pretty popular, and they were giving an award at one of these parties, and they have these after hours parties. It's, just, it's like six o'clock at night. They start up the uh, this the little shindig. No, it was eight o'clock. Eight o'clock at night. They start this little shindig, and people go in there, and there's 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 hors d'oeuvres that are very fancy, and the waiters that walk around, and they hold the hors d'oeuvre plate out to you, and you right. pick an hors d'oeuvre, and you take and a little most napkin. importantly. Free, free alcohol. alcohol. That's right. Um, you can get free mixed drinks. Or well, you've paid for it in your ticket, your four hundred dollar right. ticket to the free event. Free beer or whatever. Um, but you know, included. So people, the, really, the goal of these events is to drink as much alcohol as you can possibly quickly. That is not my goal, uh, because but a lot then of people I'd have that as their goal. out of myself. And in fact, the year before we went, there was a lot of talk about somebody who really made a real jackass out of themselves being too drunk. Mm. I would say you you probably had a few too many, Mark, but you weren't out of control or anything like that. Yeah, I think I had three or four. Uh, I think you had four because you had forgotten how many you'd had when I asked you, and I'd seen you with uh, with at least three, and I knew that you were on. I'm pretty sure you were on your fourth. Yeah, well, four's too much for me. Uh, so I had two, and so I was in good shape. But I don't know about Laura Ingram uh, because during this uh, little soiree, they decided to give out the award for a, a woman talk show, a woman talk radio, something or other. Right. Shows how well I paid, I paid attention. <laughs> it's the woman in talk radio award. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Because because talk radio is uh, it's a man's business, unfortunately, yep. and uh, they've been. There just aren't very many women that are behind the scenes from a programming perspective, and there aren't very many women behind the scenes, or not behind the scenes, but in, in front of or behind a, a microphone either. And so they're encouraging those, uh, those ladies who are in the business and uh, essentially you know, honoring them, and I think that's great. Uh, and of course, as Michael Michael Harrison has said every single time he's they've given out this uh, award, that uh, I can't wait till I don't have to give out this award anymore. anymore. And it's, you know, it's, uh, they've been giving it out for a long time. I'm, I'm not going to complain about it either. I generally, uh, you know, I find uh, disparities like that to be uh, kind of gross. But yeah, you know, it's true. There's just not nearly as many women in talk radio as there are men. So the way it works is at these conventions, there's always somebody who introduces the introducer, and the introducer then introduces uh, the, the person who's getting the award or something like that. Right. So everybody needs their chance in front of the microphone. So you know? Laura Ingram won last year, and so they had Laura Ingram be the introducer. For Grace Blazer, who's the program director of WTKK 96.9 in Boston, the FM talk station in Boston. And Grace Blazer, she's an, she's an interesting character. I, I, she, she always actually sounds like she's high, and her name is Blazer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know either. Nice lady, though. Anyway, so, so Laura Ingram's call gets uh, you know, called up to give this introduction speech. She's just supposed to present the award to Grace Blazer. How long did it go for, Mark? How long? Did you even look at your watch? I didn't look at my uh, my phone during it. 10 or 15 minutes? I, it must have been longer than that. I, it felt longer than that. It just, I it walked was, out. It was an eternity. Yeah. Uh, this woman gets up behind this microphone and just starts going off. I don't even know if she ever really even talked about Grace Blazer. She just starts going off on liberals, and it was like she was doing shtick for a policy, the, the whole thing. It did completely out of place. And she just, I, I, I wish I had a clip from it to, to, to play. <laughs> for you to show you how awful this was. I was just standing in the back of the room at that point, just watching and gaping at this. It was just so bad. She just continued to ramble on and on about her views on the issues and how the liberals are so terrible. Oh yeah, one of the things she was talking about is they uh, some news organization, Brian Jennings and NBC, p- produced an hour-long special about Barack Obama's uh, White House, and they brought in 25 producers and all these cameras, and she was bemoaning 
morning how much attention was paid to uh, the uh, Barack Obama on this. Part- it's just all on and on and on. And then finally, eventually, Grace Blazer gets to come up and accept the award, and she gives a very, very short acceptance speech, and that's it. So the introduction speech was like. Ten times longer than the actual acceptance acceptance speech. I think, yeah, um, and not to mention that, but we you should also point out that half of the people in the room just wandered out because it got too noisy. Um, and the other oh, and she she harped on the, the people uh, that were the talking. Other, the other half of the people were talking amongst themselves because she just kept on going on. So she starts harping. You know, like see, my college professors always told me to point out the people that are being rude. Yeah, and, you know, and, and hey, you that are being rude, stop talking. Something like this. It was, it was like. A, God, how awful. She must be completely – She, as I said to uh, to you and uh, Lionel, we had the, the opportunity to speak with as well, one of my favorite talk show hosts. We hung uh, with Lionel. We did get to hang with Lionel. That's when I said, now you know, Mark, we've made it at the Talker Seminar when Lionel actually comes up to uh, to talk to us. I love you, and Don't ever change. <laughs> uh, so where was I going to do with that? Oh, yeah. So we were talking uh, about the, the – I don't know where I was going to go. About, well, we were talking about with with Lionel about Laura Ingram. Oh yeah, she's got to she... be completely oblivious. I mean, she, how how you could just go on a rant like that when that was not your purpose? Your purpose was not to come up and talk politics. Your purpose was to introduce the the uh, the person who was accepting the award. You must be completely oblivious a to the reaction you're getting of people walking out of the the of the damn room, uh, and b just. How much of a caricature of yourself that you are? I mean, are you really like this at all times? This this harpy uh, who gets behind a microphone and just lashes out whenever there's a <laughs> microphone in front of her face about uh, you know how how much she hates liberals. Right. I mean, and that's all it was. I you know I've got to say, people, to those that are listening and thinking to themselves, well, you know, Ian's view of the world is different than most people's, and you know he has a tendency to ramble on about some things it that was are the insignificant. Talk of the convention. Insignificant. Absolutely not. I'm telling you, the room cleared out. Half of the people left the room. Another half of those people that were still there uh, were, were talking amongst themselves. It would be like uh, me it, taking the three minutes that Michael Harrison gave me to introduce yes. Michael Harrison on the Internet panel and spending that three minutes talking about the Free State Project and why I moved for liberty. <laughs> I mean, it would be like that. I think it might have even been worse, but, but, but forget the three minutes. Well, right, because she you was would have, presenting something award. You would have had to, to stretch it out to 20 in order to to yeah. get the same sort of effect. And because you would have you were on stage doing an introduction, you would have been tackled by Michael Harrison. You don't oh, have yeah. the yank to oh, be able to pull no. this off. You, the the event wasn't sponsored by TR. You know, you you aren't part of TRN. Did who TRN sponsored sponsor the, that one? Their their posters were everywhere. Were they? Okay, I didn't pay close attention. Uh, yeah, their posters were all over the place. Yeah. Um. So TRN Harrison, is a syndicate of Laura Ingram, right. Michael Savage, uh, Jerry Doyle, Rusty Humphreys. Rusty Humphreys. Uh, and and M- who was very nice to us, M- by the Mikako. way. Rusty Humphreys was very nice to us a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's a nice. He, he, he was very nice. Uh, also, I'd like to point out that I really like Mark Masters from TRN. That uh, man is a, a professional and an entrepreneur. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell my little emulation. story about him in in just a second, but. So Michael Harris, you know, what, what are they going to do? They were to Laura stuck. Ingram. They were stuck with Laura, uh, Laura Ingram rambling, rambling on, on like a, like on. a mad woman. And if if you had tried to do it, uh, they literally would have brought out the hook. Oh hell yes, they would. Have. Uh, As know, they should have. I, I I know that. I, as a matter of fact, um, uh, Michael Harrison did bring out the hook on uh, Al Franken about uh, the year before we went. That yeah, was the year about before we four went. years ago, five years, five years ago. ago. 
when he was giving uh, you know uh, an acceptance speech and starts going off on the, the conservatives. Yeah. But this was a different time, a different place, and and you know they. It, the fact is, people could walk out, and it was completely acceptable to yeah. walk out. So why not? And the market spoke on this one, and you know she. I I I don't know. I just got. It was crazy. I loved how Lionel ripped her ass a new one the next morning when he gave the opening speech. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he did not hold back. Yeah, oh, uh, he, <laughs> he makes him look so funny with his uh, his shtick. But, yeah, he really did. So, uh, real quick on Mark Masters, uh, you know, he's in this business. He's, uh, you know, he's really a one of a kind. He's built the only independent syndicate out there. He essentially owns with a few investors, uh, Talk Radio Network, and which he, he said, launched Coast to Coast. It was Mark Masters who launched that show. Yep. And um, he's got so many of the talk top talents I and mean, the top talk talents yep, out there. He's a big deal. Uh, he's and, big. Um, he's also very, uh, you know, he, he understands sales and how sales works. And, uh, you know, a good salesperson understands, uh, you know, programming and talent and those kind of things. And whenever I've get, heard him speak, I'm I just get excited because he he speaks exactly the same language that I speak. He understands radio from the standpoint that I understand radio. If he wrote a book, I'd buy that book. So he lo- he, he's obviously somebody who loves what he does and he loves radio and he's willing to take risks uh, that a lot of other people aren't. And he's been risks, rewarded though, for. But yeah. he's re- been rewarded for doing that. People are asking in the chat room who was there uh, as far as talk. Host wait, wait, let me finish on Mark Masters. Yeah. Um, they, they had a talkers had an issue that uh, I think was 14 pages or 10 pages or something like that of an interview. With Mark Masters this year, mm-hmm. I took that particular copy and had Mark Masters uh, sign it for me. I've never asked anyone to sign anything. Um, you know, never. You don't want to. Generally, you don't want to do that. You no. don't want to go to one of these events and be a fan of somebody. And but be being pathetic. the fan of one of the syndicators, I mean, this guy's probably hasn't been asked too many times to yeah. give autographs. Yeah, I've never asked to get one either. So you know, I just the, everybody's got to have somebody to look up to. Yeah. And Mark Masters in this business is the kind of guy that I look. I think he did that. I think he did it respectfully. I think there's a difference between what you did and you know going and trying to monopolize somebody's time or being uh, you, oh you know Mark just trying to talk to him and talk to him and talk to him and that's not the way you would do nope. something like that. So uh, so what a, he's a, he's an interesting character. All right. So people are asking uh, who was the, who was there? Was Phil Hendry there? No, he was not. Was Leo Laporte there? No, he was not either. Sean Hannity. But both of those gentlemen have been at the Talkers Convention in the past. Laura Ingram. No Glenn Beck. No Michael Savage. Um, who, yeah, who was there? Let's see. Lionel, of course, was there. Stephanie Miller. Stephanie Miller was Stephanie there. Stephanie Miller. She's Miller. Uh, looking good as, uh, as she Very does. funny. Very funny. Not as funny as Lionel, though. Lionel is the funniest, I think, of I, all the talk show hosts I've Personally, ever heard. but it, you've got to crack the jokes in order to be funny. Stephanie Miller was cracking the jokes. Um, and She is funny. I do like Stephanie I, Miller. I, you know, so somebody there likely could have considered her funnier. It's just an issue. And the, of, the liberals are always funnier than the... the and that, I'm sorry. Lionel is not a liberal, but he's on Air America. But the non-conservatives are always funnier than the conservatives. Do you ever notice that? Uh, maybe at the, a bunch of, the con- stuffed convention. Up, just a bunch of stuffy jerkwads. Well, you know, I listen to Tom Hartman uh, during the, the day, and he's not ever funny. He's kind of like a college professor. Yeah, he was true. there, too, by the way. Yes, he was there. Um, and uh, The Rumble was pretty weak this year. The talk I radio felt like Rumble it was. It was pretty weak. They didn't really have any big names except for... They didn't even put Mancow up there this year. No, Mancow was there. Yeah, Mancow was there as well. Uh, but I guess that's about it. Yeah, that's all I can think of that's off all the top of, of my head. All right, so the number is 603-435-1105. We're here doing an extended edition of the program. Was Talkers better or worse than last year's? On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you and Mark rate it? Well, for us, it was better than last year because we right. had such a big profile. Uh, not only did I get to speak 
And when I was because last year I was on the panel, I was on the Internet panel and I didn't really have a, a big chance to to comment too much on the panel. Uh, I may have actually had more time to speak this year in my introduction speech than I actually did speak on the panel last year. And so that was really useful. Uh, and let's see. Well, we also had, of course, the name tag sponsorship. So everybody had the Free Talk Live uh, logo and a nice quote about Free right. Talk Live. People on were their talking name tag. to us as opposed to us trying to talk to them. People came up to us, like one of our program directors, uh, Joe from WCHV in Charlottesville. Yeah, was cool. I'd met him last year. This year during the party, I came up and said hi to him, and he said, "Oh, good, somebody I know." So you know, he felt good because we were there. And, yeah, we hung you know, out we for could a while. Hang too. out with him, and uh, so so that was great. There's, there's always a good libertarian contingent at this. Uh, these uh, these events and well, Kevin from Talkers is is a libertarian, one yeah. of the, the the editor of Talkers. Yeah, and uh, you know it's nice to have uh, it's nice for them to have you know people to hang out with, and this is one of the ways that we get on is by you know <laughs> some of these libertarians yeah. are program directors, and when they hear that we are, then they you know they feel good and they want to put us on. Oh, and a real uh, coup was uh, during Holland Cook's speech. Holland is a very well respected talk radio consultant. Uh, he was giving a speech right before lunchtime and talking about, you know, how people in talk radio have to expect that they're going to get fired and that they need to have a plan B. And he was praising Free Talk Live during his presentation. He was giving a slide-based presentation, and one of the slides was a screenshot of the Free Talk Live website. Yeah, if you want to know about how to monetize a website, go to freetalklive.com. It's like a study in monetizing your website. Doing the Internet, basically. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, integrating it's, the Internet. It really wasn't, uh, you know, we, we are not that great at monetizing websites. That is to- why I think this is so and it's so funny because because Holland and the and the uh, the industry and the people that were there basically looked uh, they they basically look up to Free Talk Live. Some of them do. Well, they're they're, they're, get, they're beginning to get it, and that's why this um, this one was better than the previous yeah. ones. Is they're beginning to you know they talk about well we need new blood in here we need new ideas da, 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 da. you know talk radio is is languishing. Well, yeah, here we sit, people. We're the next generation of issues oriented talk. Really, really, no, over here. And if we stick around a decade, they might believe. Yeah, we're starting to get some recognition at this point, but it's uh, it's so funny to me because from my perspective, looking at the Free Talk Live website, it's old. It really hasn't been updated in in a long time. It doesn't really use any new Web 2.0 stuff at all. Uh, it's I mean, it's got a podcast now, but that's really the only significant change to the site. I know Johnson is uh, working. Uh, he's going to eventually get around to re- redesigning the site. Uh, but as of right now, compared to some of the podcast websites out there, compared to like uh, This Week in Tech or some other uh, hip podcast site, Free Talk Live isn't uh, really very technical, technologically advanced. Like I feel like we're behind the ball. When I compare Free Talk Live to the competition on the Internet, I feel like we're behind the ball. But when I compare Free Talk Live to the radio world, it's like we're light years ahead of them. Yes. And so they're they now just starting to re- don't. Get it. <laughs> well, they don't have real competition. Like, this is the first time the radio industry has ever had to compete. Like, the, the Internet has now in, uh, injected competition into audio entertainment. And the radio industry is still running around like a chicken with its head cut off trying to figure out what the hell to do about all this. <laughs> They think they're, they're still running. trying to figure out they what think a wiki they're running is. around, but they're really just crawling around. I yeah. mean, that's they're just so out of touch with, with, with what reality is as far as uh, making your show work. Whatever, I, and you know, we can go over this, uh, you know, uh, ad infinitum. But uh, I'm I I being like told this. now the Twit website is way too much. I just use them as an example because I know they know more about technology than I do. But uh, it's it's just interesting that people look to us in the radio industry as though we're innovators, and compared to the radio industry, I guess we are. I always feel like we're behind the ball. 
calls. Like I don't still don't have a Twitter account. Uh, they were talking about how Twitter is great and all that, and they were actually pointing the out the show Twitter. Twitters. I mean, you know, well, I... right, well, right. Jesse down in Georgia is uh, is twittering for us. There is a Free Talk Live Twitter account, but I'm not behind it, and we haven't really promoted it that much. I mean, there's been talk about integrating it into the new website. Julia's uh, back here walking around. If she wants to come join us, she's welcome too. I don't know if she will though. Uh, so for a uh, 603-435-1105, recapping the talk radio convention, let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything. It's the extended edition of the show. Who's this? You're on the air. It's Ken in New Hampshire. Ken. I just wanted to new mover. ask you guys a, yeah, definitely. I just wanted to ask you guys a question. Um, in regards to the whole Ivy situation. Um, oh boy. Yeah. What do you guys, uh, think about that? Situation? Are you talking about the drama? Or are you talking about Ivy being yeah, arrested? I guess the drama and the whole Ivy arrested situation. Well, I think it's awful that like, she's. I think it's awful she's been arrested, and it's awfully convenient that they arrested her at, at a time when Sam really needed her the most on the outside, helping him out. Our friend Sam, who is still in jail and hopefully will be getting out next week after after the trial they've scheduled for him. So I think that was awfully coincidental. Um, as far as the personal situation, I don't know if we should really air dirty laundry, but then again, it is uh, it is public. It's over at freekeen.com on the forum there. Uh, basically, it looks. I'm not going to comment on it. I, I don't think I, I personally am not prepared to comment on it. Julia, Julia has sat down here, and I'm going to turn your microphone on because that would help. Yeah, and I've got a few beers in me, so a few beers. Oh, good. <laughs> your, ju- your judgment's going to be enhanced. <laughs> so, uh, so what do you have to say about this whole uh, well, dramatic situation? Should you should we recap? I don't this? feel like it's appropriate. To, I don't feel comfortable recapping. I will uh, say that I stated my full opinion on the matter at freekeen.com. If anyone cares what I think, it's there on the forum. Uh, yeah. So, what's your this opinion? Ken, by the way, Mark Ken? Ken on the phone. Ken? Me? Oh, I mean. Um... I actually prefer not to say, but... Oh, now you don't want to talk about it. You want us on, to go Mark. out. Hmm? Yeah, come on, Mark. Dude, I was hoping for your uh, your in-depth thoughts. No, sorry, man. I think that there is a personal problem that needs to be resolved by the three parties involved in that problem. I must problem. say, it's compelling. It's real People magazine kind of crap, and uh, we're, we're, we're driving people all over the the, the world to freekeen.com. I, I think but, that it's the forum, by the way, at freekeen.com. Uh, and I think oh, it's a it's a personal issue that I think a lot of people have had to deal with in their lives. I think general I think gen uh, generally people don't deal with it in a too healthy of a manner. And of course, I'm talking about allegations of adultery. I'm not going to go any further into detail in that situation. But it, people have to deal with this, and I think that the best way to deal with it is with forgiveness and uh, people getting the hell over themselves. I but I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. It's in this really case. really natural for people to when they first find out about things like this or um, to react emotionally. And I feel like there's a lot of anger involved right now and that when everyone's thinking with a clear head, they'll be able to resolve that a little more easily. I, I You know, in, in general, um, one of my statements would be that, uh, you know, um, if you're in a relationship with someone, that's the person you have obligations to. So if, uh, for instance, uh Ian, if uh, Julia decides to cheat on you, please don't tell me about the specifics of your relationship, I know. If Julia decides <laughs> to cheat on you with me, you should be mad at Julia, not at me. I don't have an yeah. obligation no, I agree with you. to not hump your girlfriend. Your girlfriend has an obligation <laughs> to I not hump not me. I do not have any such obligation. <laughs> Just saying. Well, you know, I got to say, honestly, that, like, 
thinking back to how I would have thought about this maybe four years ago, if Ian were to cheat on me, I, four years ago, if you'd asked me, I'd probably say, oh, it'd be the worst thing ever. I'd, I'd dump him. I'd whatever, blah, blah, blah. But now I honestly don't even think I would care that much because my attitude towards cheating and towards sexuality in general and monogamy has changed so much that my main concern would be the uh, physical harm that could come for that. And that would be my immediate question would be like, okay, you know, do I have something to worry about? Should we be, uh, you know what I mean? Getting you checked out or whatever. But as far as the emotional aspect of it, I don't think I'd really even care. I'd forgive. Well, I, that big of a deal. I think that's good, but I think that you should be concerned with the fact that I would have violated our agreement. And there is an agreement uh, for us to be honest with one another about uh, how we feel but and I what we're planning on doing. But I understand what it's like to not want to be necessarily that open about something like that. So I wouldn't like I'd, I wouldn't fault you and I would forgive. Like I, I just understand what it's like to be human and to make mistakes like that. And I've made that mistake myself, so I can't honestly sit here and say you'd be a horrible person if you did. But the person in the case of the drama that Ken brought up is uh, does not seem to be interested in forgiveness at this point, and I hope it comes to that because I think that's the best situation. I think that's the best way to solve uh, this problem. Uh, somebody suggested arbitration, and that's fine. Uh, but again, as you said, Mark, the agreement, if there was an agreement that was broken, it was between the original parties, uh, not from the third party. And I think that in that in that case, right, if there was, and I don't know any specifics yeah, on anything. Either. I've got know. no information in this. Uh, in, in, in I this, think and I don't be- I don't believe anything that's been told to me because nobody knows. I think that with arbitration, oh. any I think that with rather forgiveness, arbitration can be avoided. I think that's the most uh, loving, caring way to approach a situation like this i don't know if that's going to happen i hope it does i i send my uh, my best out there and that was of course my suggestion ken any well, thoughts i mean yeah actually um from uh, the guy we're talking about i mean this, didn't he cheat to begin with for one and secondly would uh what does mark think about cheating i don't the allegations uh the allegations are that uh, that he did cheat on his former girlfriend with uh with ivy once again so speculation i mean you know we don't what we goes don't around know. comes around There's a lot of speculation yeah, well, that was pretty much confirmed as I understand it are those it, like, I'll it, still say they were allegations who knows though, I never what the heard commitment it. was with yeah, between him and his girlfriend Walmart. what's that it did end There's a relationship Walmart. we know I can't that hear it you. Ended... I, hold on Ian okay. Ken is trying to talk I said, come on, Mark, you know better than that. And, I don't know, you know better than the facts, the facts have been released, so... It did end a relationship. Is, the uh, The alleged cheating that went on in this gentleman's uh, former uh, relationship did see, end uh, the relationship. I don't have the facts the same way you did. Okay, well, this was pretty big. It, it came out pretty big when it when it hit. And I think at this point, uh, they've been able to... I don't know what their current relationship is, but I think it's blown over to... to I most, think they're, the you know, they're, to some extent, friends. I don't know what the what the facts were in any of those relationships. I don't see that, um, uh, you know, uh, cheating or adultery or whatever terminology one uh, one wants to uh, use there is really anybody's business. I, you know, it's just, it, it's so... It's interesting. It's juicy. Believe me, I love to talk about it, but it's just so not anybody's business. No, I agree with you. It's not anybody's business, but the gentleman in this case, who I like personally, I think he's a great guy, he did bring it out into the open by posting a message over at the Free Keen Forum. Understood. So he made it people's business by making it a personal issue, by making it a public personal issue. Uh, Ken, any other thoughts? He's clearly in pain. Um. <laughs> I mean, apparently it's my fault for bringing it up, but uh, I just 
thought it was. Well, it's our uh, fault for uh, acknowledging your question and, and going with this. I mean, if people are going to go and, and ask questions about it, I'm going to answer the questions based on what I know, which is very little. And I don't want to know more than that. I don't want to know what happened. Right. Behind All the I'm telling people curtain. is to don't. First off, don't draw any conclusions because we don't have any conclusions to give you. Um, secondly, if you do draw conclusions, remember that you know these are these are interpersonal relationships that really don't have anything to do with the uh, you know people outside of them. Thanks, uh, Ken, for the call. I appreciate it. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five extended edition of Free Talk Live. Uh, we'll take your calls about anything as always. So, yeah, it's a, it's a nasty situation, but as, as I said earlier, we, we sort of referenced it earlier tonight on the show when I said that uh, anytime you get hundreds of people together, inevitably, there are going to be people that don't get along very well with one another. And there are, go- there, there are going to be in- instances of strife, there are going to be instances of drama, there are going to be some difficult times in people's personal relationships, but I think if cooler heads prevail as they tend to do and people can stay mature and uh, can can forgive one another uh, for their transgressions and hopefully make good as well uh, on any damage that was done then we can everything will be fine and i think that this and should let's be remember anything. that humping somebody doesn't cause damage you know well, unless you just have a disease there could be well, there, there, there would be that but Th- th- that's right. it. People get all upset People about this whole humping thing. People get worked up about sex. And I, I think it's really important to state here that sex and love are two completely different things. Sometimes they coincide. Sometimes they do not. You can love somebody and have sex with somebody else. I just, yep. I, I don't. Yeah. I, like, I can rub on Julia's skin here. He's rubbing me right now, by the way. Rubbing the skin? It's just skin Julia. rubbing, right? That's right. Uh, would Laura think that though? Your wife? Would uh, Laura? Well, on the arm, yeah. But okay. it, you know, it's it's the thing is, is well, which skin? Some skin's more significant than others, and people really do get bent out of shape. And I don't know whether it's you know, I don't think that one can make the, the draw the conclusion that it's mostly men or mostly women that get bent out of shape because they both do. Yeah, they both do. It's, Absolutely, it's really do. Ju- just sex. I I feel like I, I'm just personal personally. I really believe that. Human beings, the reason that, that you feel that way, the reason why, Mark, you see a bunch of different women that you want to have sex with is because your brain is releasing chemicals that are telling you to go out and help the species. It's just the way we are biologically programmed. Are you doing? I- <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue with the calls. 603-435-1105, extended edition. You're on. No, you are not. You know, I, I, this, is, this is another thing is uh, when... when People always uh, like to be the victim here. You lied to me. Will you? How could you lie to me about this? Well, you, you really got to ask yourself is why did the person who cheated feel obligated to lie? Well, I don't even know if lies were told that's, here. That's I don't why know. really what I think of cheating is that it's kind of a cowardly position to come from. It's dishonest and, and it's yeah. sad that you don't feel comfortable enough talking with someone who right. you supposedly love. You mean in general, cheaters? Right. Well, that's yeah. usually what the person will say. I don't know about the specifics of this situation. I'm not going to comment on this right. situation. As I've said a couple of times now, I'm talking about in general. Okay. One of the things, one of the big complaints when it comes to cheating is, um, well, you lied to me. How could you be dishonest to me? Yeah. If I had been honest, would you have? Right. <laughs> you know, because down. being honest with you is going to result in bad things for me and, that belies, and bad things for you. The fact that they had to say that belies they don't have a very good relationship in the first place as far as communication is concerned. I feel like because a lot if you of were communicative, people emotionally you have to lie. cannot handle that kind of communication and truth, though. 
Well, they haven't been t- they've been programmed to keep certain things secret because they're worried about what the other person is. Well, is I feel going like ninety nine percent of the time, or at least seventy five percent of the time, I feel like I can make that claim. Seventy five percent of the time, most people are not emotionally ha- equipped to handle that. I feel like people feel like. There's the way things are, at least in our society, the way things are supposed to be is monogamous, and people kind right, of grow up with this. That way. Yeah, they're, they're programmed like to feel like. It's like that in movies. It's like that so, in, uh, around them. I mean, them. with our relationships, it's different. But if I had told Brad, like, I, uh, I'm going to boyfriend. travel. Yeah, this is my ex boyfriend who I left for Ian. I'm going to go over to the West Coast and have sex with this guy. Is that okay? Like, that would not. He would have had the same reaction. I'm going to go jump the bones of the guy we listen to together on the radio. Like, it just wouldn't have worked <laughs> out well. He would, Even if I had been honest, it wouldn't have worked out well because he could not emotionally handle that. It would just really bother him. Which, by the way, implies a sense of ownership that I do not like. Yeah. There's... That suggests that he owns me and that I'm not allowed to go out and do that. You know what I mean? I, I just don't like that at all. I I don't know. I mean, it, it, I I I go different directions on that, and it, it's really societal. But I I do see how somebody can be upset about sort of dating to, on the side. I mean, that's to me, it would be wrong to spend our money, Laura and my money, on some other girl buying her gifts or expensive dinners mm. or something like that. Sure, it would that would be wrong? You're violating your agreement there. But you know, like. I I've had this uh, disagreement with my wife and and you know she's like you would tell me if you cheated because that's that's the rule right <laughs> you're going to tell me if you cheat well yeah honey I'll tell you but if I don't tell you what are you going to do you know I mean like so this is it's like this you know why why are we having this conversation you get all worked up about this because you know a that I could have sex with somebody else if I wanted to because I'm a big famous radio guy and b like I'm 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 a good enough of a storyteller to be able to look you in the eye and say no I didn't I never saw that girl I never had, <laughs> I never had sex with that woman you know I could I could do it and there's just nothing you like you can yeah. all you can do is be upset at the idea that I could and that you wouldn't and know then, about it and then it and does, then and if and here's the the other part is is don't forget that somebody could write my wife, you know, and try to get a hold of her and say I did do those things. So who knows? I'm really on the horns of something here. And if, if you get all, uh, you know, upset about this, what what, I, what am I going to do? Well, you're also in it. Then you get into this dangerous area of if if somebody is in a relationship. And they realize that they don't know. They don't know what you're doing after you get off work. They don't know what's going on. And they don't, they don't have, you don't have this open relationship to where you communicate with one another about how you feel about uh, the opposite sex or the same sex, depending on your relationship. But if you don't have that open, openness of uh, being able to communicate, then there's this, uh, this, there's this element of distrust, uh, that is there, right? That, uh, this element of, well, is he actually being monogamous, or is she actually being monogamous? And then you get the uh, the checking through the emails, right. and then you get the searching through the right. chat logs. I can say right now that if you ever read my emails, I'm dumping you on the spot. That would piss me off so much. But do you agree? Do you understand what well, I'm I know saying? Well, you never I, would. I do agree. But that but would I'm make me so angry. But I'm talking about how that kind right. of relationship, we don't have that relationship, but that kind of closed communication relationship encourages people to check up on but this is, their, their partner. This, it, it, starts, it starts with 
with the little, uh, you know, the little things like being upset about the idea that it could happen, you know, every once in a while, every few months, you know, you, you, you get upset about it. And then it goes down that path. Um, it goes down the path of checking emails on, um, you know, somebody else's emails. And because, well, you've had confirmation in your life that somebody will cheat on you. Well, yes, you are going to have confirmation of that in your life. If you have enough relationships, somebody is going to cheat on you. Believe me, mm. all the relationships end except the one that you're in when you're dead. <laughs> and so, I mean, please don't act like your relationships are significant or noteworthy. Um, you know, it's just it, it's it's just normal for people to want to uh, have sex with other people. Don't think, don't act like you don't want to do it. Well, that's something that really bothers me about it because because I feel like, I mean, if. If I sit here and say that I've never wanted to have sex with another dude, You'd I'm lying. lying. And I know that the same thing goes for you. So why are we just going to both pretend like it's not true? Why can't we talk about it? Let's talk honest? a little bit about talking about it uh, because we have <laughs> well, talked about we have talked. There's about a line it. here, right? Okay, Julia. <laughs> like you know, I mean, it's one thing to uh, it's one thing to uh, you know say that you, you can talk about that part, but it's another is like here, put on this wig. I want you to. Uh, is it okay if I call you your best friend's name? Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> I just don't want to see Ian in a wig. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I wouldn't so, talk about but, him but in a wig. Let's briefly uh, the number here, by the way, if you want to chime in on this, six zero three four three five eleven zero five. But uh, let's talk briefly about our relationship and how we'd like to think it's different uh, from from many other people's uh, relationships in that we uh, we have an open agreement to be as open with one another as possible and talk about our feelings toward what we might be interested in doing sexually if it's outside of our relationship. And some people call that an open relationship. It's not open in that we're actively going around and fucking around with people. That's not happening. Uh, But... But but it is open in that we are communicative, I think, in a way that a lot of people just aren't. And I think that it's been interesting when you and I have both come to one another and expressed how we've been feeling about another person. It's been something that generally we've approached cautiously, even though we've already had the you know the agreement to be honest and open with one another. There's still, still an a, uncomfortable. The there's poison's still trepidation, still there. right? There's still trepidation. There's still oh my gosh, what is she going to think if I tell her this? Or oh my gosh, you, I remember you told me something once and you thought I was going to get mad at you for it, and it, it turned out that I wasn't mad at you, and you would you felt so much better after you had revealed how you were really feeling, right? I mean, on that yeah. on an, on the issue of you know jumping another guy's bones, which by the way, somebody in the chat room has never heard that phrase before. Jump the bones. Really? Yeah. Oh. Or it's obscure. It's kind of obscure, I think. I guess. So, do, but are you with me on that, Julia? Well, I mean, it's, was it? It's funny because I have several close guy friends. Pretty much all my friends are guys. I just enjoy hanging out with guys, and, and they enjoy hanging out with you. <laughs> well, they really are just my friends, and uh-huh. most <laughs> like I had one friend a while ago who was there. There was a little sexual tension with, but now I mean, I, the guys I've been hanging out with lately. It just isn't there, and and we have a good time hanging out. But I still, like, I feel, I can't help but feel kind of guilty while I'm hanging out with them because it's still there in my head, like, well, what if, you know, I wonder what Ian thinks about me hanging out with these guys. I wonder what Ian thinks about this. And I I still can't help but sort of feel guilty, even though I'm not doing anything wrong. Now, wasn't one of the things that, uh, way back, like earlier on in our our relationship, you were interested in uh, somebody you'd hung out with. Uh, from a sexual standpoint, and you have the trepidation of, uh, of coming and, and actually talking about it, but once you did, didn't you find that it killed your, your interest? 
Yeah, like the much. actual coming out of of talking and talking about how you were feeling with me about this other guy. At that time, it did. I can't, of, I don't know if that would happen again or you not. You don't know that. Know. Okay. But but it did that time. But I, it did that I time. Decided well, against it. Well, that's because I and if I might speculate on that, I think that may have to do with the fact that sex uh, that uh, that having sex with somebody else while you're in a relationship that is cheating. Behind the scenes, quietly, not because because cheating, it's not cheating if the other person knows about it, right? It's only cheating if you're keeping it secret. So, uh, so it's the secrecy that is in, I think, in many in many cases, an excitement factor that uh, the, the whole idea of keeping something secret makes it sexier and makes it attractive to to many people. Not necessarily to everybody, but I think in a, in a lot of cases, a lot of people um, complain, you know, in the sex department that there's no excitement. Yeah. There's no excitement in my relationship with my partner because if well, you're cheating, you could get caught, and that's right. exciting. That's exciting, and uh, you know, people will uh, use this, you know, this, this idea of cheating, you know, cheating in order to get the excitement that they're looking for. When I was, uh, I found one of the, the ladies at the uh, the recent Liberty Forum particularly attractive, and I was fairly uh, intimidated about uh, saying something to you about it. And it took me a few days to get around to it, but finally when I did, I felt very, very silly about the whole thing, and it, it completely diffused uh, that for me. So I think... Because I picked up things and started throwing them and screaming and hollering. <laughs> Yes. How would that? How would that kind of response have completely just ruined? Uh, well, that would what make we sure had. that you would never tell me anything again. Right. Exactly. And, and and then one would have to ask the question, um, you know, because obviously this wouldn't be the first time that that would have happened—the screaming, the hollering, the throwing things. Yeah. Who marries that? One side or the other. Now, you, what you're going to do is you're going to marry, um, get married to that girl or that guy that throws things around, stomps around, mm-hmm. breaks crap when uh, when you you know makes threats, whatever they do, and then in ten years you're going to call me up and tell me about how awful that person is in the divorce. Do you understand? Like I I often uh, you know doing this show I. I, I I, I, I diff- have a difficult time seeing victims, and I, I don't I don't want to call people out on the air. You know, I'd want to commensurate with them to some extent. Mm-hmm. And certainly, sometimes the person did the wrong thing. But you know, if if, if your husband, you know, has knives and guns, and when you do something that he doesn't like, he shoots a cat or a dog. You know, like throws crap around, and then one day he hurts you or kills you. Is the murder completely his fault? Yes, he's responsible for his actions. However, you're stupid for being there. You stayed there. Yeah. I actually, I think it's sad what you're talking about, but I don't, I can't feel pity for anyone who stays in a bad relationship. They choose it. Yep. You chose that for yourself. And usually... You're never trapped. You can always do something else. You can always leave. I'd be willing to go with a three strikes, you're out policy or something like that. And, you know, every decade or half a decade, add another strike on as far as... I don't... If Ian ever... Oh, man. If Ian ever touched me, I'd just leave. Like, touch me as far as hit me. There would not be three strikes. If Ian hit me, that'd be it. I understand where you're coming from. But if Ian hits you, it would be a really extraordinary circumstance. However, there are people that, you know, are worth that they're valuable as people would be valuable as a partner and need to learn not to use violence in order to solve their problems i'm willing to work with a person they could learn that if people would leave them when they got when they got violent i agree with you and i am suggesting that you leave um do you do you really think that there's how many people do you think have been uh uh, killed within the uh, first 
to uh, first three violent acts I do in the relationship. Know. I will not. I, I would suggest I'm not in it to. Well, I wouldn't care that I didn't get killed. I'd be pissed that someone who claimed that they love me hit me. Yeah, that's. Sick. I would be pissed too, and I would expect an apology, and I would, I would certainly there would be a certain level of punishment. Perhaps I would go stay the night in a hotel for a couple of nights while we, uh, we discovered that I'm serious about this or something like that. I am willing to look at a certain level of forgiveness in this arena. Oh, I've been, be- I was uh, beaten by my former girlfriend, and uh, I forgave her far too many times, I think, but. Yeah, I had yeah, my she motivations. she was a crazy bitch. Uh, I, had, I had my motivations. All right, so uh, I wouldn't have put up with it if I weren't, wasn't getting something out of it. We continue here with your phone calls. Uh, you are on That's Free Talk Live. That's what an excuse. 603-435-1105. Uh, it was a good excuse. You're on the air. Oh, hi. It's uh, Bane from the chat room. Bane. What's on your mind? Uh, you said earlier, you said a couple of uh, minutes ago about like uh, you can always find a way out of a bad relationship or you can always do something. I, I don't think that's always the case because sometimes, um, you know, you, the person who's being uh, abused can be scared or, or threatened if the person threatens them if they try and do something about it. That's just an excuse to not like do that. anything. You understand that? If you have been threatened, that's just an excuse to remain in fear. And I feel like fear. if someone says, if someone threatens you and says, like, look, if you ever leave, I'll try to kill you, then what's the benefit of staying? Because they've probably abused you, and probably I would be scared that I was going to get killed either way. I right. Mean, You're, you've already been beaten several times, and now uh, he's threatened you with uh, with death. Certainly uh, there are people out there that have uh, burned most bridges in their lives that, like, they're... Uh, and and this is, these, are the, these are the kind of people this stuff happens to. I understand yeah. people that, that can't go right. live with their moms, that don't have friends that are close enough that they can go stay with for a, day, a few days or a few weeks, that don't have enough money to go out and purchase a weapon, um, and, and you know, that aren't smart enough to go to the police. You know, they're afraid of going to the cops in order to uh, get a restraining order. I understand, but gosh, I mean, you know, th- those, those seem like steps that one can take. Right. I mean, I, I can see uh, how... You know, you, you do really get yourself into that. I mean, uh, I guess a lot of times early on you would be able to tell if this person is a bad person that you're with and you can leave early on before anything starts. Um, so I, it is partly that person's fault. Uh, but, I mean, things can escalate. And If you sock enough money away, you can get the hell away, get I on a Greyhound bus. I would never put myself in a position to where I – like right now, if Ian kicked me out the door right now – I have enough money to where I could go and find a place to stay and take care of myself. And I would never allow myself to get into a position where I was helpless or where I felt helpless like that. And I'm sorry, but actions have consequences. And if you set yourself up like that to be completely helpless... Well, sometimes the consequences sometimes you'll are end up completely helpless. Yeah, yeah that's true. Those, those people are in those situations because of choices they have all made in their lives. Like and it's that not to would say never that, happen to me, But ever. it's not to say that even if they've made all of those negative choices that have led them to such a negative, horrific place, that they couldn't begin making positive choices to get themselves out of it. There's always a path to, I mean, for lack of a better term, salvation, if you will. There's always a path to a better life. There's always a path to, uh, to, to happiness, and it's, you know, it's, it's up right. to you to make those choices. And if it's the, the woman that's been beaten and doesn't have those friends and doesn't have those family members, it may be a matter of you know, socking enough money away to afford a Greyhound ticket in the first few, a few months of rent and moving to a completely new place, uh, changing your name, and, uh, and completely starting over. All of it's possible. I'd buy a gun, go stay at my friend's house, get a restraining order. Wait till if he comes I saw over. my boyfriend, I'd shoot him in the 
chest. Not everyone necessarily would take that route, but it's a possibility too. Um, to, all of those are different I can, options. I mean, uh, try to try to imagine the court case you've got um, when you say my boyfriend's been threatening me. You put a restraining order on. You're 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 serious enough to go live at your your friend's house, and then the boyfriend um, comes over in violation of this uh, legal uh, you know restraining order and, and gets capped. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. Then. All right, Bane. Anything else? Uh, that was just about it. Thanks for the call, dude. 800, oh, wait, no, 800 number. 603-435-1105. That is the number for the extended edition of Free Talk Live. Mark, I don't know if we're going to have time for this email thing. We've been getting phone calls and talking about relationships. Which one do you want to take? Well, there's a shorter one, isn't there? Um, one's shorter than others, certainly. Let's take the shorter one. Okay. Because we can't do this forever. This is, this one's uh, also a little older, so uh, it's uh, better. All right. First, uh, um, so I found uh, just yesterday that I'm going to bring a child into this world. This is from uh, Alan in Omaha. A big concern of mine is education. I was raised in the military, my dad being a Navy man. I was uh, in public schools and surrounded by pro-government, pro-military attitudes. When Mm. I was in public education, I never really felt like I learned a single darn thing other than to obey. I called in, I, I called it trained cowardice. I don't have the means and likely will not be able to homeschool my child. I'm not a religious man and will not brainwash them in any religious paradigm, so private school is out of the question. So how would one raise um, raise a child, educate them in the public school system? So he doesn't have the means to homeschool? So he says. But doesn't homeschooling cost like 1500 bucks a year or something like that? Well, that's the costs. I mean, you're talking about... Is he single? Did he say he was a single man? He's, well, no, he's uh, he's got. I I, I don't know. Um, let, you can a, you can ask answer the questions in in two fashions. Let me get through this right. this this paragraph, and I I largely agree with what you're going to say. Yeah. Um. Yet keep their mind as free as possible. A child spends so much time outside of the parental influence when in public school. A great number of people will be shaping his or her mind. My education was crap, and I've seen that uh, more and more since I've been out of the system, and I don't want that for my kid. So um. First off, like you you were going to say, Ian, I I am of the opinion that first that that don't write off uh, homeschooling just because you you know your financial situation is the way it Makes is. Makes that your goal. You've got five years, um, the, the, you know, six years now, nearly um, until your child is uh, going to be ready for schooling. And wait, he's had the kid already? I'm no, this point. is the you know he became a child, uh, became a father. Uh, you know, knew that he was found out that he was going to be a father a couple of days ago. So, so he there, there is a baby is on the way, yet unborn. Okay, so the baby is on the way though. Right. Okay. Um and. Figure out what it's going to First off, child care costs a lot of money. So if your wife wife or girlfriend is going to go back to work uh, within six months or nine months or a year after the child's born, that's going to cost you. Um, I don't know if she's the breadwinner in the family or if you're just two young kids who uh, both need to work or whatever. Um, There are some things you could cut out of your life in order to keep your wife at home. It doesn't cost that much more to have two people live in a house as to have one person live in a house. If you can um if you're living in a unit that you know or a, you know unit that costs significantly more than um you know the one that you were living in previously, I, you know I I, I question yeah, I, first off scaling back is is certainly a possibility. You don't need all the crap um and you, you know you don't necessarily need two cars. 
Yeah. There's all kinds of things. She won't be spending all that money on uh, clothing, whatever. Uh, you know, your, your situation. I just don't want you to write off the idea of homeschooling. No, I think that uh, that uh, I agree with him completely on his concerns about government schools. They're indoctrination camps. It's one of the most dangerous things you can do to your children. I think it's an awful idea to send your kids there. And you should look at homeschooling as uh, something, if you want to homeschool, create it as a goal for yourself and then figure out what it's going to take to make that a reality for you. Because from everything I've ever heard about homeschooling, is it's incredibly affordable. Incredibly affordable. Right, it's cheap. And if you need to take on a roommate to help cover the costs of, of living at a place, take on a roommate. Do it. Do whatever you need to do or, or scale back or whatever you need to do to make it so it's financially possible for you to go out there and do that. Go and work two jobs while the kid's growing up or don't – actually, I guess you're right, Mark. You need to start early with uh, with like a preschool kind of thing, but – but it's got to be possible to uh, to get this done. I just I find it. I'm not a homeschooler, so I don't know exactly. Right. Um, I, I'm not keyed in with those movements. But there are homeschooling associations out there. There are internet uh, organizations that I'm sure can give you really good information on how to do this affordably. And uh, well, the you know, affordability you of it is 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 really not in question. The homeschooling curriculum doesn't cost that much. But you could get other people's stories as to what they did and find out how it was that they were able to change their lifestyle to be able to afford this maybe that's all he needs is to get some real examples from some other real people that Certainly have actually gone a, through it's this. a possibility um you know here how about this step up as a dad go out and get a second job uh you know let your uh, your girlfriend's probably going to spend a couple few more months in in the workplace start socking your money away uh but you know be frugal don't spend as much money um you keep yeah. as a goal to don't you know, homeschool, homeschool your kid she's going to be able to cook at home more that saves right. Money. She's gonna, time. She's going to be able to look for coupons and clip coupons. That saves money. She's going to be able to pack your lunch, and you don't have to, you know, spend money at the, the the you know the restaurants. That saves money. She can earn money by staying at home by essentially saving money for you. Don't forget about being a phone whore. I mean, you can always oh make God. <laughs> Why you even suggest crap like that? Well, no, but what I am suggesting is is working at home, and I don't know. Maybe it's not such a bad job being a phone whore. You make good money at it. I hear. I I don't know. I I I, I don't think I could do that. Comment. Why not? I think you could totally be a phone whore. I'd feel like a douchebag. When you were taking guys for a ride, I mean, you'd be cashing in big time. That's not the kind of ride I like to take guys on. This is it. Ian. Why would you suggest somebody doing something that doesn't speak to their higher? No, I agree truth? with you. You're I mean, right. I'm just I would rather work at McDonald's than have to do. Yeah, that's not like Come that. on, it's no, not like that. I used to listen to an. I uh, used to listen to an internet radio show uh, back on eyada.com. This is way back when. This is in the beginning of the uh, the century. There was a wonderful experiment out of New York City called Yada. They brought in Lionel, and they brought in a whole bunch of other hosts, and they had these uh, these internet radio shows long before it was financially viable to do internet radio. They did it for a while, and they went out of business. But in that time, they had a show, a great show called The Dan and Scott Show. And it was actually The Dan and Scott Show that uh, I borrowed the idea of sort of ambushing crazy guests like with Gene uh, from TimeCube.com. And some of the other people that we've had on over the years, we don't do those very often at all, but the times we've done them, total uh, ripoff of uh, the great Dan and Scott. And so one of the things that they would do, because it was an internet show, they could say whatever they wanted, they called porn hotlines. And one of the guys would uh, would you know do a fake voice, they'd be like Kumar or something like that, this Indian guy, this kind of really lonely Indian guy that uh, just wanted to call up phone sex hotlines and, and uh, you know have uh, phone sex with these girls. And basically the way it works, 
these girls are trained to keep you on the line. And if what do you want from them? I mean, if it's tr- I'm sure most guys call these lines with the intention of getting off. I'm sure that's the case. But it's their job to do anything but get you off. It's their job to ask you questions. It's their job to have a conversation with you. And really, that's what a lot of these guys really want. In the same way that if you talk to strippers, they'll tell you that some guys will just come in to talk. They'll just come in and they'll pay the stripper to sit there and talk to them. They, okay. they don't, they're not there to get a lap dance. They're there to just have some company because they're so, so lonely that this is the way they can get the company of a woman is by paying her by the, you know, by the minute, basically. And so the phone, these phone, uh, phone sex lines exist for that, for that purpose. And it's the purpose of them, the phone uh, whores, for lack of a better term, to keep you on the line. They don't want to get you off because then you hang up the phone. The guy will hang the phone up and no more money per minute at that point. So the, it's, it was so funny listening to their calls because the, the, their character, Kumar, would always be trying to get the girl to do something sexy, you know, moan or whatever it is, you know, pretend like you're this and that, or, you know, do some sort of sexual scenario. And the girls would do anything they could to just bat back questions and to, to try to have just a, a, a congenial conversation with a guy. They had no interest whatsoever in actually getting down to the business of uh, having the guy get his rocks off on the phone. So I'm just saying, being a phone whore isn't all that you think it is when you look at the, uh, the phone advertisements. It's really just a way to extract money from lonely guys by talking to them on the phone. Well, there's no shortage of people out there. That, you know, people out there they'll pay for somebody to talk. To. But you're right, Mark. If it's not something that you feel guided to do, I don't think you should do it. I was just suggesting it as a possible work-at-home career that could be somewhat lucrative. If you're looking to send your kids to, you know, to do homeschooling and and you need to bring some money in, it's probably better than network marketing. I I, I think that it probably will work better than network yes. marketing. All right, so um, that I, I I'm of the opinion don't write off the possibility of homeschooling just because you don't think that uh, you know it's going to work out for you you know whatever just because your situation now doesn't look like you can pull it pull it off doesn't mean that you can't create that for yourself in the future and I think that that's a worthy goal to create for yourself I may be wrong maybe it's not the right thing for you second um, op- option um, here in right here in New Hampshire they have a, a religious school admittedly that is. Uh, that's uh, $1,500 a year annual tuition. Uh, you Who don't, can't afford that? You don't have to send your kid to a government indoctrination center um, in order to keep them out. However, you, what you likely will end up sending them to if you send them to a private school is a religious indoctrination center that's with not- a great deal of government indoctrination to boot. But I feel like religious indoctrination is easier to because it also it's really sounds silly. So I feel like you could raise your kid a not religious person and... Still send them to a religious school. I think that that that's spoken like a person who wasn't raised, raised religiously. Uh, I, but I'm saying, but he's saying he's not religious, is what I'm saying. So right. he wouldn't raise his kid religious. Perhaps. So you could still send your kid to. I, I have a friend who went to a religious private school. Yep. And he was never religious. And We're he, Unitarian. <laughs> you know, that's that's what the the parents should you know tell the school. We're Unitarian, or you know, Quakers, or whatever terminology. Yeah. Do you want our it? money or not? Right. And and I agree with you from that standpoint. What we really I need also is an- of the opinion that the religion can really f you you up and f your kid up. So, but if my parents say like, look, like religion's silly. Listen to these stories, and I'm in a classroom and they're talking about Moses and an ark and Noah. I would just be like, wow, this does sound really silly. You know, I I don't know. I can't. I I feel like just if my I would believe what my parents told me in that if they pointed yeah. out how silly some of the stuff was, 
over what this teacher at school was saying. I agree. I feel like it's a lot easier to undo religious indoctrination, especially if you you tell your kids like beforehand, like, look, I want you to get the best education possible, and this is the best way for me to do it right now. But, you know, it's kind of religious. I think you might be right on this in, in this circumstance uh, for this person. However, um, you know, I, I, I feel that it, it should be said. When you sort of say it's easier to undo the religious indoctrination, I've spent far more time arguing in my mind with the with the religious guy on my shoulder than I do with the government guy on me my too. shoulder. Me too. Um, so really? I, Not me at all. I, I believe I went to prison because of my religious indoctrination. Because mm-hmm. I found the story so ludicrous and so stupid that I rejected them out of the hand, out of hand, became an atheist. Um, uh, became the sort of atheist that believed that it was might makes right. I don't give a fuck. Right, that kind that, of person. You know, like I, well, what? There's nothing to stop me. You know, I'm not going to hell. I'm going to the ground because these people have this stupid ass story that nobody's going to believe. So I rejected the story out of hand and uh, you know d- just decided to go down a path of criminality and ended up in prison. Parents, if you're religious, please understand that it can have consequences for your kids especially if you're an intelligent person and expect to have an intelligent kid and expect to raise them asking questions well now when you say religious and there's different kinds of religions out there but you mean sort of typical organized religion if your religion includes crime and punishment like hell and heaven that's angels and demons and you know this kind of nonsense that that stuff invades god came to earth and cast demons out of people instead of illnesses instead of bacteria and taught people about medicine if that is the religion you're going to be teaching your kids you're going to have some problems. 603-435-1105, uh, extended edition of Free Talk Live here. Bonus only for the internet. That's why we're cursing. I tonight. like the bonus only because we can curse, and I curse all the time. So <laughs> Not all the time, but I think that it, cursing, which bothers some people, but I think it can really emphasize words. It can in the right, in the right scenario. If I don't you don't overuse it. I agree, but I like cursing sometimes. Okay. I, I'm known as... I like hearing you curse. <laughs> I'm known as having quite a filthy mouth at work. <laughs> All right, 603-435-1105. So did we finish that email? Is that done? No, I've uh, got one more point that I've, okay. uh, I'd like to make to uh, to Alan, is if you do have to send your kid to public school, and it it can happen, the scenario, I'm, you're not an evil person for, for this having had having happened. If you do, I suggest being active in your kids' schooling. Um, mm. I suggest uh, talking to them about what did you learn today. Um, talk to them about what it is that they learned. Look at the curriculum. Look at the homework. The, the, the evil portions of school are really all wrapped up in history um, social studies, at least in my experience, uh, I, I hear they've infiltrated uh, math and and those kind of things too. You know that they can certainly make word problems and um, you know English homework can be you know messed up with uh, you know their their well, indoctrination. Bring your, but bring your youngster to liberty as quickly as possible and make it so they can identify the uh, the indoctrination when it happens and they can be aware of it when it's happening. And they can help outline it to their classmates, which, of course, will get them in trouble, in which case you should then back your kid 100% when he or she stands up against uh, the, the, the state, uh, the state indoctrination system. When they make a stand for liberty in their, at their school, which if you're a liberty-minded person and you've it's taught your happen. kid about it, that should happen, uh, then you need to be behind them uh, 100%. But I don't, I'm of the opinion that putting your kid in that scenario is... It's kind of nasty, you know. Uh, you're teaching them about liberty. It, it, it's like it's like telling them, uh, 
it's like telling them not to mess around with uh, with with bad girls or run around with bad people, and then sending them to the school, you know, like a corrective school, a school for bad kids. It just, you know, I I I I don't think you should send your kid to public school. I wish I could speak that emphatically enough, yeah. Alan. I I you know, it's I would totally send my kid to a religious it's so school. So hard over first. public school, I would totally. too. Because though I think I would have there's... a very difficult time in some bureaucrat telling my kid what to do there... in certain scenarios when I don't have the same problem with a, a private school teacher telling them because they're not a government employee. There has to be that separation of, uh, you know, uh, this, the, there, there should be a separation from education and the state. There has to be some private school out there that is not religious based. There, they, has to there be are, but it's not necessarily going to be in Omaha, Ian. I mean, oh, he lives in Omaha. Well, what difference does it make where well, they I don't know. live? Get to New Hampshire, get together with some like minded families. You think that there's some school around here that's going to provide you Start with Start one. Oh God, Ian! Like, I know he doesn't have the finances for everything that. Everything that—that's your answer for everything. It's not that easy to well, start no, one. Wait, 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 wait a minute! What's wrong with starting your own school? If if what you are looking for in the marketplace isn't there, then then shut up about. Don't complain about. It. I'm not saying he's he's complaining, but you, but it's not effective to go. Oh God, they're all religious schools. Well, shut up and start your own damn school. Right, if well, it's that much of a problem, the, the, I, I understand where you're. You know, obviously we're not talking about him, and and my recommendation to him, if if that is an issue, that likely you could come up here in New Hampshire, and by the time you got here in five or six years, um, situation homeschooling would probably be even better than it is, which is one of the best places in the United States. But let's not forget that doing the homeschooling with uh, multiple kids at one time is essentially opening your own unlicensed school, <laughs> and that could very well attract the attention of the bureaucrats, and bad things could happen. Well, if you want to act like free people, then yes, there's a good chance that bureaucrats will have a problem with you. There's no doubt about that. All right, 603-435-1105 is the number here. If you've got a phone call for us, you're certainly welcome to make it. This is an extended edition of Free Talk Live. We've shared an email with you. We've recapped our talker's appearance over the weekend, and I think we about wrapped about about wrap this up. I think we should wrap this up because it's been an hour and 20 minutes now. Yeah, that's a long, that's, long that's a record. That's, I think that's a rec- that might be a record uh, extra show length. So we're about done. Julia, anything else you want to talk about tonight? No. No? All right. No. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate yep. it. I'm going home. All right. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. If you are listening to the FTL streams, you will be returned to the latest Free Talk Live show in progress. And for those of you that are, oh, yeah, somebody's mentioning in the chat room that Weeds is back. You know, Weeds, let's talk a little bit about Weeds here real quick. Oh, and another call's coming in. Now you've done it. And now and I've done it. I didn't leave fast enough. if you would have said enough. thanks for coming instead of thanks for coming on, I would have said that's what she said, but you kind of ruined it. Damn it. I'm so sorry about that. Maybe next time. But for right now, we're going to go to your phone calls, and we'll talk about Weeds. Uh, weeds, <laughs> brand new show, or not a brand new show at this point. Was it season five starting tonight, Julia? Season five, That is correct. Uh, weeds kicked ass seasons one and seasons two. Season two. Season three, not so great. Season four kind of made a comeback. Kind of made a comeback. Kind of ridiculous. Oh, it's totally off the deep end. I mean, the, the if, show if is totally had, ridiculous. If they had done seasons one and two and ended it, it would have been a great would have been perfect. fucking show. Oh, my God. It just would have been the greatest two seasons ever. It would have been epic. But they ruined it by jumping the shark with season three, and now it's just ludicrous. It Mildly is ludicrous, entertaining, but maybe. we'll continue watching because it is it yeah. is an entertaining Nancy show. Nancy Botwin is a freaking idiot. Every every episode, I think I get more and more pissed at her decision. She's so stupid. She is. Uh, she's a, a woman who has. Uh, speaking of uh, supporting your family, 
her husband died and it, and she decided to begin selling marijuana uh, in order to support her lifestyle to keep her lifestyle going as it as it had been going and she's one of the dumbest uh, marijuana dealers i think uh, that that i've ever seen from right from the beginning yeah but she she keeps getting lucky basically she she because she's a milf so yeah so people get cut her breaks when they otherwise wouldn't and the competition isn't as mean to her as they might have otherwise Right. Been. Life's good when you're a MILF. All right. Uh, let's go to the phones. 603-435-1105. Looks like they didn't want to hang on. So we will uh, continue here by bringing you back to our feeds, our wonderful feeds. If you are on the FTL stream, you'll go back into the FTL show. Uh, you'll join it in progress. And those of you... This is the Liberty Radio Network. Listening to the Liberty Radio Network, we'll hear the Onion Radio News. Four hours a day at LibertyRadio.com. Good night, everybody. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.